Hello everyone, welcome back to the Rogue Retro Smackdown Review. Yo. It's the first episode of the new year, the August 10th, 2000 episode of Smackdown. We are three episodes in, two more to go until we get to SummerSlam 2000. Yeah. Yes. Another one where, you know, the results don't go the way I would like them to go. I don't know. How would you like them to go? When was the last time you watched SummerSlam 2000? Well, I believe SummerSlam 2000, Edge and Christian win again. Mm -hmm. So I don't want that result. I don't really give two fucks who wins the world title because I, at that point in the history of wrestling, I couldn't give a good rat's ass about any of the three that were in the ring. You know. Is Steve Blackman at SummerSlam 2000? Yeah, Steve Blackman is at SummerSlam. Does he win? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to just give everything. I know it was 20-odd years ago, but I like to at least think we were going through and just talking about stuff as they're happening okay. in the timeline. Well, if that goes the way I want it to go, then I'll like, I'll like SummerSlam 2000. If that doesn't go the way I want it to go, I'm not going to like SummerSlam 2000. Well, just wait. I will. Get there. I will. It's a new year. Paul's bringing the same enthusiasm he's always brought. Yeah. Just Smackdown. Yeah. Just the, I have so much enthusiasm to give it. Just the, much like the last episode of Smackdown, we covered the movies in the UK and the US are exactly the same. In the UK, number one movie is Gone in 60 Seconds. With Nicolas Cage yes. and Angelina Jolie. I don't know what awards this was. Maybe it was the Razzies, but supposedly Angelina Jolie for this movie got nominated for Worst Hairstyle. She didn't win. She lost out to John, uh, John Travolta for that bullshit Scientology film Battlefield Earth. Oh, yeah, yeah, where well, he looked like a like gay Klingon. Pretty much, yeah. He looked, he, looked like, he looked like what the first draft for the Klingons was before they threw it away and drew what yeah, eventually they yeah. actually looked like. I forgot about that film. Never seen it, thankfully. I mean, I, mean, no, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a Scientology film, but it was written by the guy who founded Scientology, so... A lot of people say it's a thinly veiled Scientology movie. Yeah. I'm, I've, I, I've I, read about it. I have thankfully not seen it. No, no, no one should ever put themselves through actually seeing it. Yeah. Just just like people should never put themselves through watching Bianca Belair's entrance or one of her many wonderful promos. But she trips over every time. I don't know much about music UK, but apparently uh, one of the top artists right now is uh, is Craig David. His album's doing well. Except Craig David. Well, I don't know the name of the album. The one with seven days on it. I don't know which one of, one of his albums that was. Come here, kids. Come to Craig <laughs> David. Come on, you bastard. I thought you liked the mention of Craig David. Craig David. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Piss to bed, look. I had this dream, I pissed bed, I wake up, I fucking pissed bed. Uh, Craig, you want to see my jolly green motherfucking giant? No, I do not want to see a jolly green motherfucking giant. Me and our kids are trying to watch a porno here. Yeah. You, you got that? Both selector was better than Craig David. You got that out of your system then? I think, I think you got it out. Your, I got your it out. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Craig David, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, you know, WAF is doing well. I'll not mention it this week, I'll wait till next week because the Sunday after the SmackDown is WCW New Blood Rising on pay per view. Oh, they were still in business then? Wow. Despite the fact it's called New Blood Rising, despite the fact the whole storyline involving that faction of young guys called the New Blood is finished. 
was already wrapped up. They finished it not with a bang, but with a whimper because no one cared. Yeah, wasn't wasn't that Mister Russell's great idea as well? Yes, and then booked himself and and Eric Bischoff on his on screen on screen figures as well. And Russell had this whole plan, grandiose plan of booking the young guys, and they will will push the new generation. We can't have likes of Hogan, Nash, Flair, Sting, all that being on top forever. They need to. No, that they help the young guys to go the new generation, all that fine in principle. But then they booked it the other way around, where the the group of established those young guys called the Millionaires Club because they're making all the money. Mm-hmm. But the good guys, yeah, and the new guys you want to get over the bad guys. So then you have a bunch of bullshit with bad guys constantly winning, and then wondering why why doesn't anyone like Sean Stasiak and Chuck Palumbo or whoever yeah. else they were trying to push? Well, why doesn't anyone maybe, like maybe. why doesn't anyone like Jeff Jarrett? Maybe if perchance you tried to push them uh-huh. then maybe it would work yes but maybe if you let the other guys be heels because you got people like Flair Hogan Nash all great heels yeah and you can you try to input real life into stories make them talking about how much they, they don't care for giving up their spots their big heel motivation and maybe some of the younger guys will get over do you know Scott mm-hmm. if you'd have been writing for them when maybe they would still be in business and Old natural born thrills, this big collection of uh, power plant guys, which was Palumbo, O'Hare, Gingerac, Sean O'Hare, uh, Stasiak, a couple of others. Like, most of them weren't really ready. I mean, Sean O'Hare was easily the best out of a lot of them. Yeah. Surely because he was a big guy who could do a really cool swanton. Yeah. That was his main thing. I like, from what I remember of him, I liked Sean Stasiak, though. He was alright. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know he was he was kind of generic, but it could go. And know. then, but also another thing was his big plan was for the guys like not only over surpass them just in terms of spot, but I'm going to be you now. Yeah. So like you had guys impersonating each other. You had Sean Stasiak trying to be the new Mister Perfect. You had Bombo basically ripping off every everyone of Luke Luger's mannerisms with the pose and the spotlights and oh look how much more muscular I am than Lex Luger. Like <sighs> fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Booker T is probably the only guy that wasn't getting pushed that managed to, you know, successfully get pushed, but really more so in spite of this new blood thing yeah. than due to it. And unfortunately, you can't base your whole company on one guy. As much as they tried. If people don't realise, also, it's funny for Booker T to do the five times, five times. He did all that within the space of a year. He got all five of those reads within the space of a year. Jesus. Because... Good work, Russell. Yeah. Yeah, fud. Fat, old, opinionated fud. Mm-hmm. Who has no original ideas of his own. No. He just knows how to take old ideas and make them worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been talked about how WCW didn't handle Brett when he came in, right? So Russo, it looked like he was going to do something good when he first came in, because I don't like a lot of the, the older guys we've already got, but I like Brett. Let's make <coughs> Brett the champion. And they're like, fine, there have been people who like Brett. Brett won the title in Canada. Like, that's great. What do you want to do with Brett now? I'm going to bring back a new version of the NWO called NWO 2000 and Brett's going to be the leader. Wow. But shouldn't Brett be the face going against the NWO? Nah. Nah. But, you know, Brett caused his own problems anyway by being a bitter bitch. <laughs> I mean, he was even more bitter because right after, a month after he won the tail, he got kicked in the face. 
Yeah, but you know, he goes on and on, like, oh, fucking Goldberg retired me, blah, 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 blah. You sure it wasn't that hardcore street fight you had with Terry Terry Funk after that match had with Goldberg? Well, apparently he got more than one concussion in that match, because also apparently he, he grabs Goldberg, you know, the whole, like, figure four spotter in the... Aye. He does that. Goldberg may, apparently you may, if you're in the one, you may grab the points like as they go down. So they don't, don't battle a noggin. Oh, I hit their head right off the, the mat. Of the, like, the compete on the outside, and Goldberg apparently didn't grab the, Brett's leg, so Brett was already a bit concussed when he did the 3 4 because he hit his head on the outside and then comes in and Goldberg kicks him in the face, so already he's concussed. Yeah. But nobody knows he's properly concussed. The thing is, though, if Brett's as much a consummate professional as he claims to be, mm-hmm. you'd think he would have known that Goldberg was kind of green in the ring like that and compensated mm. for that, you know. Everybody always says he was the most professional guy, but, you know, I have to question that on occasion. Well, well like you said, the Hogwarts Street fight, that was like a couple of weeks later, and he was still, it, was, it wasn't just the fact that he got the concu- those concussions, it was the fact that he still wrestled with them. Mm. And to, to the point where I was like, no, you can you cannot get in the ring ever. You can't wrestle. Go home, you're out of the ring, the good. Go home, Brett. <laughs> no one wants you anymore. Your time is gone. Let me see if you look down like Woody. Oh, I forgot. You're broken. I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> and instead of Buzz Lightyear, they had fucking Jeff Jarrett and the Natural Born Thrillers to replace them. Wow, that's great. Great. Oh, oh yeah. That fills you with such joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Brad Siegel is a big name in, behind the scenes in WCW. I think that's, I'm getting his name right. But he had a meeting with uh, with Russo this week uh, to apparently quell some backstage issues that Goldberg was having with Vince Russo. Namely that Goldberg fucking hated Russo. Yeah, like Goldberg going like, look, this guy's a fanny. And basically Come the whole on. thing, they, were, they wanted to have him lose to Kevin Nash at New Blood Rising. Goldberg doesn't want to lose. And so, no, they're having to, Brad Siegel's having to step in between the two and try and sort this shit out. Yeah. I also want Brad and one or two other people who don't have a fucking clue in their head. So they say, you know, Russo, you're clearly doing a great job in creative. Why don't we, try, why don't we have Russo run the whole company? Why don't Russo run all of WCW? Because that would be a stupid idea. And thankfully that didn't come to pass. Yeah, that was a good idea. Also, according to Meltzer at this time, there was an error office memo going around WCW titled 10 Questions Not Asked Enough of Vince Russo. The, t- the top five being, can you direct all these underused talent to the marketing department? We have some openings. Uh, Number four, how many, uh, when is Hulk coming back? Number three, how many young up-and-coming talent does it take to screw up a company? Number two, do you re- do you know what the second W and WCW means? Wrestling, obviously, because oh, he, yeah. he has no concept of wrestling. He just thinks about angles. And number one, would you would you recognize an original idea if it jumped up and bit you in the ass? <laughs> WCA World Championship angles. Yes, that doesn't work uh, no. quite as well. Yeah, that's that's everything, and the, that's what's going on in wrestling. You know, WCW is on their ass. ECW is very much probably also on their ass. Now they don't have TV anymore. Or money. Or well, yeah, and also people aren't being paid. Yeah. But before we get continue on to show how much the WF, no matter what they put on their TV, is just kind of kick. 
you know, WCW's arse. Uh-huh. What, uh, anything you want to talk about, Paul, that you've been up to? Oh, no, not a great deal. I'm trying a little experiment, you know, and not drinking at the moment, which oh, is... God, you're insane, man. I know, but it's going well, <laughs> you know. I'm, li- I'm living on spite and coffee. Well, yeah. that's got you this far. Yeah, spite and coffee. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been reading the wrestling news. I was, I was quite saddened in the news I read today about the passing of... Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe, you know, I, I remember seeing him briefly in Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. I hadn't had the pleasure of seeing him in Ring of Honor. I know that's where he's yeah. most most remembered and famous. But it's just it's a sad thing, you know. It's horrible when you hear about a person passing, regardless of who they are. But, uh-huh. you know, that, that made me sad, you know. So, respect to him and mm-hmm. rest and such, you know. It's, it's, it's very easy somebody who I think was still a champion when they passed because he last month him and his brother regained the belt yeah, yeah. from the FTR and that these love match. I think wait I don't know how regularly they worked out so that might be one of their final their matches and I've heard a lot of people have not watched it myself but it's like a double dog collar very like violent match and a lot yeah. of people have been fun uh, uh, Dax Harwood of FTR has a new podcast he's dedicated an entire episode of breaking down the psychology of the match yeah. and everything that went into it and well, I've got, I've got to two. say, think of this way, horribly sad, but you know what? He passed the champion, mm-hmm. so that's something. 13 times Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, from what I heard, apparently the whole th- reason, they, part of the reason they got the belts, only just be, not only because they were, they were obviously so long and stuck around for so long, but because apparently a thing they were doing was whenever, when Gabe Sapolsky was running it, former protege of, of Paul Heyman, Gabe Sapolsky, also, we then go on a start up evolve, which uh-huh. was a big, which was a Paul Wendy for a while. Uh, he said apparently whenever he booked a, had a world champion that he wasn't entirely confident on in terms of them as a main eventers, he would put the tie belts back on the Briscoes so that they could alternate sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes the world champion would be on, and sometimes the Briscoes would be oh. on because by that point the Briscoes were established enough as Ring of Honor and reliable enough to carry the main yeah. event. On a lighter note, though, mm-hmm. I did see a, a reply to one of my comments. <laughs> It made me giggle. I had said because, like, oh, we should bring back these people to fight Rhea Ripley, and it was Naomi and Nia Jax and all these people that really couldn't lace her boots, right? And somebody replied and commented to me with Tessa Blanchard, and I went, "Get that bitch could barely lace her in boots, never mind fucking fight Rhea. Rhea could fucking kick her hole for her." You see her standing up to fucking Solo Sokoa recently. I did. Rhea's hardcore, man. I love the, love the look on fucking uh, Damien Priest's face as well. Even he's selling it. Uh, like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, but there's a person who's hardcore and should and will win the Women's Rumble and should be so. the champion. And do you know what the difference is? Mm. She doesn't look gangly when she wrestles and she never trips out of promos neither. Just pointing that out, you know. Yeah. But, but then again, a lot of people a lot of people trip over their promos, do they not? Well, some people do. Rhea doesn't. I said, I said, that's why I said some. You yeah. see the word some? I know, I know. I'm just very much fighting Rhea's corner yeah. right now. And she doesn't wrestle like Ahmed Johnson with a braid. I think that's a bit far. I, I, far I, like, don't, I, I watched I, her bit between her and Alexa all day. My God, it was painful. I mean, if I had the choice... Going, if I had the choice of taking the Pearl or a punch from Bianca or Ahmed Johnson, I'd take fucking Bianca because... Half the time, whenever I watch the Ahmed Johnson match, and it's very infrequent that I watch an Ahmed Johnson match willingly, <laughs> unless we're covering him for some reason on this show. You, you don't, you don't enjoy his famous promos of 
you're going down, you're going. And the Look, more he shouts, the more incoherent it becomes. I was going to say, Evan Johnson never stumbles over his pronouns. That's because he repeats himself. He only knows three, he only has to memorize three words. Uh, and he just has to make sure he grunts it more mm-hmm. frequent when he gets into it. But yeah, that's half the time where I did, I had to look away whenever he has to do it because, like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I just keep thinking if someone's going to land on their neck. Yeah, well, like he's I say, a lot of the time in his tenure with the company, I remember watching him wrestle. He yeah. was clumsy, he hit too hard. Mm-hmm. He caused Ron Simmons to beat the living piss out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he almost dropped Davy Boy on his fucking head. I remember in one of the in your houses, I think he was part of a team against Davy. Mm-hmm. Or he was in a singles match against Davy, but like. He got him up for a pair or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just at that point, in the well, it's basically a power bomb, right? You know, yeah. basically at that point, yeah. the power bomb, just as they're being hoisted, ready yeah. for the, the drop, mm-hmm. he, he got, he was getting David Boy mm-hmm. up, and then see, just as getting to that point, really flip mm-hmm. the guy up. Mm-hmm. When he was getting ready to flip him, you could see he almost fucking dropped him. Mm-hmm. And the way Bulldog's head was positioned, if he had a fucking dropped him, he'd have paralysed him. I mean, it's weird with that move with Ahmed because you'd think it would be a similar move for someone like him to yeah. you to do because one, like, it's also known as, like, the Tiger Driver, like, people yeah. smaller than him have been able to pull it and off. And he, he was a humongously muscular man. Yeah, so, we will, and also, I think it requires, it's one of the moves where the person say it needs to kind of give a bit of a bounce when they're being lifted up to have some cooperation. Yeah, yeah. So, he, if he's being put in there with people you'd imagine can work around his fully, limitations. Fully competent people like Bulldog. And all you have to do is like, you you are meant to be a strong man. All you need to do, all you do is lift, they'll jump, and then you kind of make sure you can hold them up when they jump. Yeah. Because like, you're in the gym, what do you do? You hold, you lift, and you hold. That's all you have to do with this person. Yes, lift and hold. I know. And drop them convincingly enough to make it look painful. And when they jump, make sure you hold them, and then <laughs> put them from here to here. <coughs> you keep them here. They'll go down onto their neck. If you put them here, they'll land on their shoulders and they'll not die. He did partly drop a guy one time I've seen. I think he was powerbombing one of the members of the nation mm. through a table. And he partly dropped the guy then. Yeah, right. that one, remember that one he did where he went and fell through a table <laughs> with the guy? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah. He's lucky the guy, the guy didn't have too far of a distance to fall. Uh-huh. You know. But he was a big clumsy goon. And whilst I don't believe any of her power moves, because let's let's face it, all she has, any of her power moves are good. I like her power moves. Mm. I just don't like her general ring work. I think it's very sloppy and gangly. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, I had a comment. And I was going to make a comment about how all the nice things people say about Jay Briscoe, but I feel like we've, we've went too far away from that. To I, I believe so, but I, d- I just didn't want to take the episode on a sombre place. Well, no, you know? but I'm thinking like, there was a lot of... There, like, has, there was. I've seen lots... I've seen that uh, Dax Harwood said mm-hmm. something, and... Seth. Seth, Triple H. A lot of people who work big nowadays have really passed through anywhere, so also they would have encountered the Briscoes at any point. So yeah, 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 yeah. People say, like, I've never known somebody who can seem intimidating one moment, but then seem like the nicest guy the next, you yeah. know? I think that was, uh... Oh, God, I remember reading, I, I, can't, I remember can't remember who it was. was yeah. I remember Mark Hardy yeah. saying yeah. something that he heard about when he was flying, and, mm. and Dax, I think, was saying, like, like, crying all fucking day, you know what I mean? There's, I know there was controversy like a few years ago, and I think they even came out and said, like, we're sorry, I regret, James said, I regret saying the things I said about 
you know, obviously being from that, that part of America and basically threatened, basically joke, uh, we claimed at the time we were joking that I had to apologise that he was talking about shooting a teacher, wanting to shoot a teacher who was going to try and teach kids about homosexuality and everything and so people telling the cast about some of these comments but supposedly he was very regretful of the things he said, like there was a gay wrestler called Effie who works in GCW, mm. who him and his partner Ali Cash worked a programme with the Briscoes through 2021 over the GCW tie belts. And he even came out and said up what Jay Briscoe was like when he met him. And like, he showed me nothing but kindness and respect, respect, even when people close to me warned me he might not. Yeah. So basically, whatever I assumed he was, he wasn't when I met him. I appreciate that guy's comments as well. Yeah. It's nice to see the guy made his own mind and didn't yeah. just let people mm-hmm. make it for him. Because yeah. you can hear all sorts of things about people, but then there's that old adage of, treating people the way they treat you when you meet them. So they might hear they act one way, but when they're around you, they might treat you in a really different way. Yeah. It's a, it's a very interesting thing. That's what I always say to people in regards to me. <laughs> you know? Don't just take what people yeah. tell you. Yeah. Meet me. And make your own mind up if I'm a cunt yeah. or not. Yes. Meet me. And have your own regrets about doing so. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> um, bitch. I'm joking. I joke. Uh, well, I have not much to talk about my week. I'm, I have a day job. It's very boring. Let's move on to SmackDown and Raw. I have a poncho. It's very cool. Good for you. Yeah. We are going to have a show. And a, and a new hat. Show. We've not recorded yet. Time we're recording, but maybe it's already by time you've heard this. Who knows? Uh, we're going to have a show about Hard to Kill coming up. We we're, will. We're probably also going to talk about just which, as our last few Impact shows have done, basically become a general wrestling kind of <laughs> chat. And it's, it's weird because you'd think that um, wrestling nowadays isn't as mental as it is back in 2000 but with everything happening with Vince I think yeah. it makes all the stuff that's happening here seem coherent by comparison I, I have my support fully befi- behind anyone that is suing that senile old fuck and keeping him away from wrestling <laughs> I hope I hope a third case comes against him and a fourth <laughs> because I hate him he's not even settled a lot of the allegations that have been made either that should be pointed out. Yeah, and that'll come back to bite his and, dumb old ass. And God knows how many other allegations, how many incidents there are about him that we just haven't heard about because the people involved I have, be- have made the choice not yet to come forward. I believe we will hear because I believe the one way to keep that old fuck away from the business is to just keep firing shots at him. <laughs> is, do you know what? I don't even care if he's got his wrinkly old fucking ass in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. See, as long as he keeps his fucking cell the fuck away from creative, mm-hmm. I'm good. He's a he's a final boss in a, in a video game. Like You thought you killed him, but really he, went, he, hid, he hid from you and he regenerated. He came back down and you keep shooting at him. Yeah, so let's hope people keep <laughs> shooting at him. Triple H uses sledgehammer. It has mild effect. <laughs> they, but people use court cases in suing him. That'll take his power away. WWE board sends letter. It has no effect. Mm. WWE board member opens court case. It has mo- most effect. Stephanie chooses resignation. Stephanie McMahon has been removed from the game. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, Vince's a dick. But Vince isn't on, on Raw at this point. He's buggered off behind the scenes at this point. He's not going to be back until... He doesn't come back till December, I think. Pity that. Into- that he comes back at all. Anyway, I was talking to you about Raw. Raw took place at Madison Square Garden and this week in 2000. Yeah. Obviously, the ongoing stuff with 
Triple H, Stephanie and Angle is, is going on. Oh, that's going on and Edge and Christian are continuing to be fuds. <laughs> I, will, I have a lot to say when I get to the Edge and Christian segment, by the way, because I did some research about the thing they were talking about. Uh, is it? Well, the movie, was, the movie was, that they are talking it about. It was just kind of cool to see Christopher Lambert. Well, that was probably, other than seeing Steve Blackman, uh-huh. seeing Christopher Lambert on SmackDown <laughs> was pretty cool. I like Christopher Lambert, man. That's Gambit, you know. <laughs> yeah, Mortal Kombat. Mean Raiden. Oh, yeah. What, Gambit's Raiden. an X-Men character. He'd have been cool as Gambit. Well. He would, actually. He'd have yeah. the voice for him. He'd have been cool. Anyway, but Steffi comes out and... You know, what's it? Stephanie's back there. She's waiting for Triple H. She wants to talk to Triple H after the whole like. Because now she feels like she's in the bad bit because she was hugging yeah, Angle the previous yeah. week. Angle is going around asking Mick Foley to make him the number one contender for the WF title. Yep. And then when Triple H arrives, he then learns that like, Angle's basically who will rise he to be asking me number one contender. I should be the number. That's my spot. I should be the number one contender. Uh, and Stephanie tries to make peace, telling tr- telling Kurt Angle that oh, Triple H is very angry with, like maybe you could kind of maybe step aside. Oh, really, it really is Hunter's spot. And Angle's like, yeah, nah, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. And then we got a thing where just Joe shows up in Triple H. Re- remind me again who just Joe? Who exactly is just Joe? Well, his gimmick seems to be I'm. Oh, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what other people tell you. I'm just tattletaling and maybe making a wee bit up here. Aye, he's a grass, basically. He's a aye, shit stutter. He's a shit stutter. Aye. Just, Joe's just a shit stutter, man. It's been he's that long since we did this, and I think I'm sure I explained it well. But again, his name was Joey Legend on the Indies. He's a Canadian independent wrestler who was part of a four man crew travelling the Indies working together in tag matches, which also consisted of Rhino. Edge and Christian. So, so basically, that, that may be why Just Joe is just on SmackDown. Just Joe is only on screen just because of because of who he knows. Literally, the only matches you can ever fi- I can ever find about Joe are on shows like Sunday Heat or WWF Jacked or Metal. So those fun shows that no one watched. Most high profile thing he's ever done is a match. I think for the light of tail against fucking Team Malenko on an episode of Heat. For what I could find. Yeah. And when that's your high point, all of that and sharing segments where you're where you're basically spreading bullshit to Triple H and, and Kurt Angle, you know you probably didn't have the best run of it. Hey. At least he was on TV. Basically comparing him to Edge and Christian Rhino, think of any <laughs> band with four members in it. Think of whoever you you and you feel in your opinion is the shit one. That's basically who just Joe would end up being. It's the prototype version of what an Americans <laughs> There you go. Prototype on Americans. What about them? Well, that's how you say just Joe, Ed, and Christian and Rhino. Aye. Rhino's an American, right? No, I thought he was Canadian. Oh, cool. Well, there you well, go. Well, well, well no, take, no, he's born in Michigan, but a lot Michigan's apparently on the border of Canada, and apparently there's a, the Yankee age in Canada is a couple of years younger than America, so when all people in Michigan say, well, it's a kind of a rite of passage in Michigan to. When you get to that age where it's legal in Canada, you hop across the border to Canada and yeah. have your first legal drink uh, there. Cool. So it's kind of bordering Canada, so you can easily go back and forth between Canada uh, and Michigan. The fucking prototype on Americans. <laughs> I mean, who was in the on Americans? Lance Storm, Christian, Christian Test, and later William Regal. William Regal, right? So Lance Storm, uh-huh. Christian Test, Regal, uh-huh. just Joe, <laughs> Rhino, Edge, and Christian. <laughs> Never know. Just Joe might have just walked. <laughs> <laughs> Regal basically summed up the Un-Americans on his show. 
it's worth going to hear him talk about it more in depth. He doesn't do the show anymore, obviously, but when he did do it, it was good. Yeah. But basically, he summed it up as like, I don't care what people think about what I do on TV, basically. I don't care about, you know, people coming up to me because obviously it's a bit real to them and them being annoyed at me as my character because I said some things about America. But, you know, I think particularly it was Christian and Tess, I think it was, lived in Florida and they just felt uncomfortable with a lot of the anti-American segment they were doing because this was like, I think it was like, because it was 2002 and the whole thing about 9-11 yeah. trying to swell up American pride, like, let's not be angry at America, let's stand together, let's be strong as American. And so, like, really, Christian and Ted were worried, like, no, we live in Florida, but a lot of yay pro-American people, like, people are going to kill us. Yeah, we'd rather not get death threats or anything. We go, like, I don't bloody care, I'm an Englishman. Aye. I don't bloody care, come at me, I'll fucking... <clears throat> I'll twat you. Bastards. <clears throat> <laughs> that's what that's what it sounded like Regal was a character on the Craig David whatever that Craig David both select the show was both select the yeah, show both select, uh, you should watch it it's funny I've watched a bit of it isn't it funny it was years ago yeah but we were talking about Joe just Joe just Joe aye just aye. Joe just See, Joe with wee smelly grass aye and he's grassing the triple A say no you know the lock there's a lock for me and Erringal's been telling everybody and he thinks he could take you in a fight he tells you everyone he could beat you up and like what the hell are you talking about? Get out of here. Huh? It's, fucking, it's fucking schoolyard shit. Like, see him, maybe. You say they could take you on. You going to take it off? To fair angle, the former Olympic gold medalist probably could batter Triple H. As jacked as Triple H is, if Angle could get behind him, he'd fucking take him to... Yeah, Len. Aye. Not now. But, Appar- apparently, he's in such bad shape, he can barely lift his arms now. Well, he's had so many like neck injuries, and plus yeah. Triple H wouldn't be getting to a fight anyway. His heart probably couldn't take it. Yeah, he's got a bad heart, and Angle can't lift his arms. <laughs> Uh, and then and then he going to angle saying, "Oh, Triple H is talking shit about you as well. He's disrespecting you." Mm. Which is basically the rest of coming off. You going to take that? You going to take that? You take that, man. He's saying shit about you, man. Then Seth comes out to the ring and to talk about Triple H, tell Triple H about the stuff I'm on SmackDown, saying like, "Look, me and Angle were just friends, and you know, maybe maybe I enjoyed hugging Kurt Tri- because maybe." I, I was jealous of what you and Trish, <coughs> what, happened, what I thought happened with you and Trish, and I wanted to make you jealous as well. And basically, he said, I want to, they make up, they make up and everything, but he's yeah. like, we need to sort everything out with Kurt, we need to make right, because you know, he's my friend and everything. And Kurt Angle comes in like, you know, everything that happened with me and Stephanie, it was just, you know, heat of the moment, heat of battle, everything. we were celebrating you know, our victory and everything. And Trubbage goes, you know, I think you're, I think you're full of crap. <laughs> Which actually gets a massive pop. So that, and then what happened on SmackDown here. Honestly, as much as Triple H has gone from mostly everyone chatting ass all out on me being the biggest heel, past couple weeks, Triple H, a a Triple H is the baby face in this thing. Yeah, like, Angle's well, the dickhead. Everybody's going, <coughs> he's muscling in and you're bored. Aye. You take that shit off him. I'm just going to go and get just Joe. Aye. <laughs> get, Joe. My, get my wee fucking... Grass horners. <laughs> you know? Triple H is the good guy in this in this scenario. Angle's the arsehole. So yeah. he's he is committing the ultimate sin. He's muscling in on another man's woman. Uh, and Stephanie's no will no got real any real life because basically she's too blind to see what Angle's real yeah. intentions I mean, actually are. Don't 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 get me wrong. I don't think Angle's at muscling Triple H for. Drugging the woman and marrying her when she's unconscious. Oh, I mean, but then again, are they meant to imply that when she reveals herself at, at, at uh, 
after Armageddon that she was in on it, so maybe she wasn't drugged. Oh, she was just wasted. Well, I think, I think she was in, they were just playing it off as a... Well, she may have been drugged, but willingly. It's <laughs> like... Uh, I think the whole thing behind the, the subtext of the army getting in and we've all definitely trouble each other together is like, see, he didn't actually drug her. Please don't come after us. He didn't do anything creepy. No, I just... No, it's no creepy. Leave it away. It was a consensual drive-by wedding. <laughs> Nothing bad happened. <laughs> Everyone was on vacation. <laughs> I will hear no more situations about the WWF. So is that WF New York? Oh yes, it's a renowned Times Square <laughs> location. I, I did hear tell that the food in there was crap. Well, oh, oh, apparently so. I haven't. I I seen on a wrestling page. I follow one time. It was uh, one of the menus mm-hmm. from WWF New York, and a lot of people in the comments were saying I went there. The food was crap. I imagine it would be far too pricey as well for the how crap it was. You know, middle of Times Square in New York, the pricing yeah. alone. Well, it's. I think they focused more on presentation as opposed to. Flavor. Well, I mean, food. Yeah. It's supposed to be a restaurant, not a glorified meet and greet for the fans. That's what basically ended up, you know, becoming. Yeah, it was basically a fan bar. I think part of the reason, yeah, it didn't last. I know it was around for a while in 2002 after the name changed to The World or whatever it was. Yeah. Apparently, it got to the point where I think it was just paying the rent for that kind of spot in Tainsville, which was mainly busy during Raw, SmackDown, and then occasionally during the pay-per-views. Just... Didn't worth the cost. It was. Yeah. Mm. Uh, was I mean, I, w- I would have liked to have gone just for say, like, go for a beer <laughs> and you know, meet. Just see, just see who might show up. Yeah. What guy that we never put on TV is going to show up one night? If 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 some if it's someone you like, that's how you know they don't care about your guy when your guy's like, uh, who has nothing to do this week? Everyone, it's test, <laughs> or oh. it's hardcore Holly. Oh hey test, hey, <laughs> how you how you doing with that whole you know your wedding getting fucked up? And, oh wait, that storyline was ages. That's when you were relevant. Yeah. Hey, cool. Oh, you're still in the corp. No, that's not a thing anymore now. What about the union? No, no, no. that's uh-huh. not a thing. Hey, it's test. Hey, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> How's your testicles? Oh, I'm not one of them. No, no, no. I, I'm just here to say hello. <laughs> anyway. And then, that, that would be very, very... That would be a very sad conversation. <laughs> like you say, like, Hey, you instead... Oh, wait, no. Hey, we corporate... No. Hey, we union... Oh. It would be basically like you... The time you upset Teddy Biasi by giving him that tape and he mentions, Oh, I lost it. That's the went, Sorry, I didn't have anything where you won. Yeah, he was like, hey, let's, let's, let's take where I fought Hogan. And I lost. Uh, and I was, like, I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't have any way you won anything. You made the million dollar man cry. I did not make him cry, he just sounded mildly disappointed. <laughs> anyway, so but it looks like these two are going to come to blows angle and Triple H, but then Seth is pretty slow, which gets a loud boo from the crowd, like, no, we want to see them fight. Let him hit him. And then Foley comes out and goes, you know... I know, it's all, tensions are running high after what happened. What did happen? Let's play it again. And so he plays the clip of the Hulk on SmackDown. Just, again, it's fully stirring the shit as well. Yeah, this is just Joe Foley's a wee shit as well, you fat shit stir, but, you know, and that, I've got to say, seeing sort of mildly younger Foley mm-hmm. with that haircut, it Disney suit him. Mm-hmm. It Disney suit him. 
Uh, so basically, Foley then leads to a triple threat match. This leads to a triple threat match with Foley books for the number one contendership. Angle, Triple H, and, and the returning Jericho. Chris Jericho. Uh, who got into a bit of a thing with Triple H backstage because he remembers their feud. But yeah. before we talk about that, The Rock was on the opening of the show. Yeah, basically trying to wrap up his stuff with Benoit and Shane. Finally. He's like saying, you know, you know, because it's clearly, he talks about he got pinned by Benoit on the previous show. Mm-hmm. Was really, Shane man wants Chris Benoit to be the WWE champion. And you want Chris Benoit to get a title shot at SummerSlam. Which it did seem like they were going to do a rematch. If you really watch the last couple of weeks, it did look yeah. like they filmed a Benoit Rock rematch. Well, that wouldn't have minded. But to be honest, the Rock White said a New York sewer rat's ass with what Shane McMahon and Bruce Benoit think. <laughs> Alright, to them. Just Benoit. And then basically, like, how about we have a title match tonight? And the guy's like, oh yeah, he would. Like, and then, well, they're like, I don't care what anyone else says. I, you know and I know, I won the WWE title. I fully loaded all by myself. Yeah, oh, you did. I bet you did, Neil. And like, and then when what Shane shows the thing, the clip from Kane getting choked, slapped through the stage the previous week, went, "This is gonna be your failure on because we just, we're gonna make sure this match is no disqualification." <laughs> and so Rock has the match with Benoit. So he's about Matt Shane. Rock, uh, Rock basically takes it to Benoit before he gets the ring. What he wants to bring the aggression this time. He gets him in these really crap sharpshooter that he does. Yeah, tight legs. Ah. Full face. Tie oh. leg. Realise your legs are far too long to put that move on anyone. Mm. Full face. Ah. Ah. Make, it, make it look like you're trying make to it, take a dump. Make it look like it's hurting you somehow more than the other guy in the hold. Ah. Make it look like you've been constipated for days. <laughs> ah. Oh, you finally, got, you finally got rid of that constipation. Now you can truly smell where the rock's been kicking. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, Shane breaks up the sharpshooter. Shane gets sent over the guardrail by, by the Rock. Rock gets onto a cross phase and hit with three German suplexes at one point. Jericho Brady's returned officially during this segment yeah. to chase off. To chase off Shane. Shane. And it was going to be Benoit, Angle, and Triple H, but I think it then it could be a case of like Benoit and Shane wanted a punishment. What did uh, Jericho punishment for getting involved in the match? Went, okay, how about this for a punishment? What if I had just Jericho? To the number one contenders match. Mm. How was that a punishment? <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. So there they go. Rock manages to hit a bridge in German Superlights on Benoit to get the to retain the title. And then in the triple there, Rock sitting on commentary uh, during the match. Jericho and Triple H get into it as well. As we we face off between Jericho and Angle after they help take out Triple H. And then Triple H Goes to break, wants to break up the walls of Jericho because they'll say if Angle attacks three, he doesn't get to be no one contender. But he hesitates because he enjoys seeing Angle and Kane. Triple H makes a, avoids the lion salt and goes for a pedigree. And then there's a point where they're both down on that and Jericho gets a double lion salt, which is pretty cool. But then the club that is replayed at Star Smackdown, there's a double back suplex off the, off the middle rope to Jericho. Triple H and Angle exhaustively put the yeah, they go them. for it, and then the guy, and then it's counted, and then the referee lifts both their arms. And I like, I don't know what to do. One, two, three. Well, someone's won, I guess. And like, who's the one going to turn the rock line? Oh, but then there's confusion once and for all. And he just goes in and beats up everybody, including yeah. Stephanie. He <laughs> also gets a rock bottom. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see that. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, at that point in her career, had one of those faces that you were happy to see getting rock bottomed and all that, you know. She 
know, the thing is, she really played that part well at the time because I've seen, like, see Stephanie now, uh-huh. and you think, ah, that's a cool and, you know, she's a cool and fucking business-minded savvy chick. She's cool and she's great. She can do a better pedigree in her later years than her husband could. <laughs> well, it's truth. Yeah. It's truth. She did a better, that intergendered match, she did a better pedigree on that Bella. I can't remember what one it was. I mean, to be fair, I mean, 20-odd years of didn't taking that move on his knees probably would fuck you up as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Because she only did it intermittently. Mm-hmm. It? It, show, it shows you how important the Bellas are. I mean, I can't even remember what fucking one it was It got. It was Oh, Cheese. <laughs> cool. So oh. Cheese got the pedigree. Because she was the one that married to Daniel and Brian had the Fidosa with the authority before. Oh, anyway. oh right, right. Cool. cool. But, uh, we'll talk about the big show. Big show has been written off TV for the rest of the year. Officially on this show, I've already mentioned he was God, he was meant to have this big match with Taker at SummerSlam, mm. but that's because he has, because of his attitude, he's been sent to OVW. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, just a childish thought in my head. That was all. It was just that you know Daniel Bryan's vegan and all. He's married to a, but woman, he's married to a woman with the name that means cheese. Yes. See, that's that's amusing to me. Yes. <laughs> He's vegan and he married the cheese lady. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amusing. Not really. Anyways, yes, it is. So he was finally written out because there was a match with AP and Matt taking on Big Show and Edge and Christian, and Undertaker makes his return during the match. Well, actually, after I think it already ended in the DQ by this point. Yeah. Beats up Edge and Christian. Shane tries to climb up on the team trying to get away from him. And then grabs the chain from his bike, wraps it around the big show, and just throws them off the fucking stage. And that's the that's show gone for the rest of the year. And that would mean that Shane's weird little faction is no more. Isn't it? What was it called again? Well, obviously the conspiracy. Oh yeah, like conspiracy. Because Angle will have a, I think association with him on this show, but I don't think that'll last much longer. No. So then no. I think it'll just go back to just being him and Benoit yeah, again. Yeah, because he was pretty much Benoit's manager on this piece that we think. Uh-huh. So then so we open the show up with Mick Foley after also the recap of the stuff that happened with the confusion and the number one contendership. Yeah. They're out here in New Jersey. I think it's the Continental Airlines arena they are. And is that still a... Is that, I know I ask you that on occasion. Is that still a in-use arena? I don't know if I looked up. I don't think it's called that anymore. Yeah, that tends to be the case. A lot of these arenas you talk of, look, they're either gone or the name has changed. Well, I think it depends on what... Because also different companies will own them. If it's a better company, they'll, they'll associate with their brand and everything. Like, yeah. Like, obviously, that, uh, that, that football arena stadium in uh, Livingston, the Tony Macaroni Arena or whatever uh, it's called. Tony Macaroni. Mm-hmm. Mm. And like, was like Dunkin' Donuts is a big brand new. They've they've owned the arena, which is now called the Dunkin' Donuts Center. <laughs> or there's one owned by a smoothie brand now called the Smoothie King Center. What was the one? What? What was the one that Hogan wrestled Andre in? Is that no gone now? I don't know. The Silver Dome. Uh, was it the Silver Dome? No, no. I think it's that's the Super Dome. Super Dome. The mm-hmm. one, the Silver Dome, the one he got confused in the that Mercedes Benz Silver Dome. There you go. There's another branding thing. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes new company, new owners will change the name of arenas. You know, it's all money, money, business, businessy shit. Money, money, business, business. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll just do do it like Sam from the Muppets. Business. <laughs> <laughs> business. But then Foley comes out, and you know. 
It is like, oh. the American way. It, it is the, the, the British, British way. way. <laughs> 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 the big like, goes, you know, I've been asked the same question a lot this week, and it's not, when's my book coming out in paperback, which is in October? I've read the paperback edition, maybe it's a bit. The only difference is it has an additional chapter because I think he wrote it, finished reading in early 99, like it ends when he wins the title for the first time. Mm. And he adds a wee chapter about the days leading up to him and the match at No Way Out. And he's convinced himself, like, this is it, I am retiring. Mm. And it's got like dates on it, like the Friday before Friday, it's met so and so on well, February, Saturday. The, and then does a Sunday, was, ah, I'm sure I'm coming, this will be my last match. And then he put it as an extra bit, which is the date of WrestleMania 2000, went, oops. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> That's the only addition. I got, like, the way around, it's like, a, I think it's, it makes it seem bigger than it actually is because it's smaller and bigger than it is in, in hardback, so yeah. it looks a lot thicker of a fucking book. Um, WrestleMania 2000, WrestleMania 23, is that the Edge match? 22. 20, 22. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania 22, the... Copious rumbles they appeared in. Yeah, mean the main twenty match him and the Rock the Evolution. Oh yeah, and yeah. That backlash the month later with Orton and doing all sorts. I remember the promos for that when the Rock dropped his glasses, <laughs> and then Mick gave him back and went, "Thank you," <laughs> and nearly broke character. Nearly, you see a wee smirk. You know, you fully. I'm a fud. I fully, you know, would would love it as the Rock broke character like. Like the only time he done it, like I met, I told you the time a few weeks ago, where he does it. Goes, how does that make you feel, Ra? Well, it doesn't matter how it makes you feel. And he runs around going, "Foley, Foley," <laughs> and Rob's just being like, "You son of a bitch." <laughs> anyway, they like it's uh, who is the number one contender? No, this is a big decision. My integrity as WWF commissioner is off the line here. The which I can go and throw some wishy man into because you know my hand was ready. It was my suplex. That pin that led to the Chris Jericho's defeat. I should be the one contender. You know, this I do not like the threats that have been put towards me by Triple H. Just the how, how much chaos there is in the WWF. This won't happen when I'm WWF champion. I'm not going to be the new Jersey of champions. <laughs> Ooh. And he goes like, and look what happened on Rock. Rock, Rock Bottom. That innocent woman. He put his hands on Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> And then Triple H comes out with Stephanie. He's like, I'm going to bring some prestige back to this title. Like, classics like Bruno Sammartino. And yeah. Mick's like, oh, I'm sure Bruno will appreciate the rub. <laughs> you know. And Stephanie's one day holding her back, like, slow down, huh? Oh, no. I'm not used to taking bumps. And then, like, Stephanie comes in, oh, I was attacked by a wrestler. I'm, I mean, I'm the woman's champion. I'm not a wrestler. I'm hurt. While the fans, slut. Look, she's, look. Try, she's trying to look hurt, but she just looks like an upset child <laughs> with the little the little pouty face. She's like, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So the 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 things they're saying there is almost drowned out by the chance of slut towards Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. And she's like, she guns it, and he's like, you know what? I am the rightful number one contender. I and it was also raised on Monday. And he goes, and he goes. I don't, I don't appreciate what you fans are saying about my wife. Uh. And he goes, and I don't, who are you to show concern about my wife? Well, my wife, what's going on with my wife is none of your concern. And Stephanie tries to, you know, get him, to get on the same page. She gets him out like, I want to thank everyone who showed concern about what happened to me since Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And rest assured, when I'm feeling well enough, I will once again defend my WWF Women's Championship. Which is about as significant as an actual belt at that point. Yeah. But then, but then Mick pipes up and he's like, I, I, I want to share. I, I feel the same as you, and I, I was very sad that you were rock bottom. Let me ask you, Stephanie, how, how, how are you feeling at the moment? And then she goes, it doesn't matter how you feel. <laughs> the fans love that one. Uh, he said the thing. <laughs> he said the thing. <laughs> and then he was like, you know what? I believe, I think I come to a decision at SummerSlam. It will be Triple Rock taking on Triple H taking on Kurt Angle. In a triple threat match. <laughs> Which leads to Triple H and Kurt being pissy and yeah. being pissy with each other and then Shane's like, whoa, 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 we need, we need to be cool, you know, whoa, whoa, I'm Shane, look, I'm kind of fat and look kind of shit in my shirt. And I, I wrestled one match last year before I got sacked, you know, I may wrestle at the Chamber and Mania. I, I made out still with, legit, with 800 grand. For being a wrestler. He got 800 grand for turning up, being at the Rumble and being a FUD. Yeah, under, like, performing for services as on-screen talent or independent contractor, which is, honestly, as in a wrestling capacity, he made over 820 grand in 2022. For one match, you know, he might have more, but he had one match. He had one match because he was an unpleasant little shitbag. <clears throat> he showed he, up. He showed his true colours. He showed up. Fucking Betty Jamie Noble in front of everybody. Got went out in the wrong number because somebody played his <laughs> entrance music before Orton's. Yeah. When maybe they'll learn out. And then threw his shitty punches at everybody. Yeah. Trying to make himself like a big man in front of actual MMA guys like Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar. And then try to, you know, embarrass himself in front of the guest that year, Bad Bunny, who basically fucked around by not telling him what his plans were and what he was doing in the Rumble. Yeah. And somehow made it to the final three. Yeah. And and eliminated Kevin Owens. Yeah. <coughs> you can definitely tell he's Vince's boy. Oh, honestly. Because, you know, Vince is an asshole too. Look, we were doing an end of year award thing in the USSR towards the end of last year. And then I did a quiz, a Rumble style quiz, most of which was about last year's Rumble. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the shitness about how bad last year's Rumble was has just weird itself back up again and it's made me realise just again how much of a dick Shane was. Yeah, who so won that rumble? Brock. Brock won that yeah. rumble, yeah. Yeah. Like I remember all a bunch of NDE lists, what's the worst of twenty twenty, what's the worst match twenty twenty two, worst worst show that everyone said rumble, rumble, rumble and like and I wrote the back like, Oh yeah, that was a bad one. I I blocked it from my mind originally. Who was the single matches of that rumble? You know, the, this was the Roman Seth rumble, you know, the one where they where Seth came out in the shield. Oh, yeah, that was with, good, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Dewdrop versus uh, Becky, which people didn't care about because the sign had lit, got lit on fire. Yeah. Uh, Lashley beat, won the title from Brock, only for Brock down at the rumble and then won the belt back at the chamber anyway. Yeah. And then you had a mixed tag with Maurice and Miz versus Beth and Edge, which no one cared about. Yeah, because no one really... I mean, I hate to say it, Edge does a lot better when he doesn't bring Beth with him. Mm. Like, But, hey, the Judgment Day dealt with that for us. So, like, it was just the thing with that feud. Like, I didn't care enough about the Miz Edge feud to begin with. Like, yeah, let's bring Edge, let's bring Edge and... Uh, well, let's bring Beth and Marisa to it. You know, them who haven't wrestled in... 
Yeah, good for years. Let's bring Beth, who was just the WWE's shitty attempt to remake another China character, which he can't. And let's bring Maurice in. Wait, she was a wrestler? Wow, I, I forgot about that. I thought she was just boobs. Yeah. But speaking of China, yeah. she's backstage. Sitting there while Val and uh, Trish walk in the makeup room, basically, like, hey, I'm, get out of here. I'm, I'm wanting to use the makeup. <laughs> she's like, sorry, she didn't bring the sandblaster to blast off your wrinkles today, Trish. And, and then, because they had they beef because Eddie got taken out of a six man the week before, sorry, on the oral before this, like it was maybe Eddie and Eddie and Tukul cool versus you know, VAT, basically Val, Tess and Halbert. Yeah. And uh, he got taken out, so the chair took his place, so there's still some beef here. And Val's like, now you listen here, before you even say what is, Eddie's like, there's a man pointing a finger at my woman, attack him. Yeah. And he starts brawling with Val Venus. Quite right. <laughs> Slap that silly bitch in the head. And then, there's a uh, Edge sitting there just in this like director's tail chair backstage with, with the giant sunglasses on. <laughs> and he's like, hey, was like, hey, giant, giant cool sunglasses. That's my thing. It's my thing, man. Like, hey, this is okay, man. Hey, I'm just excited. You know, my new movie coming out, Highlander Endgame. Highlander Endgame. <laughs> yeah, I got some of the stars actually coming here now. Like, oh man, you're in a movie. That totally reeks of awesomeness. <laughs> that totally reeks of awesomeness, man. I can't remember the name of the other two, but one of the three stars that shows up is Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert. There is no silent T. Oh, Lambert. Christopher Lambert. Raiden. Lambert. He's, he's, he's French. He is Lambert. He is Raiden. Yes, he is, but he's also... And in Highlander, he's not French. He just sounds French. Hey, the most Scottish Frenchman you've ever heard in your fucking life. You hear Highlander when you appreciate Braveheart more. I know. What is, what is it with fucking Hollywood at this point? Like, oh, we've got a film about a mainly Scottish protagonist out in the highlands of Scotland. Shall we get a Scottish guy? Nah. Well, we didn't have any big buff Scottish guys at that point because Sean Connery at that point, I think, was a bit long in the tooth for it. Oh, yeah. He could have been in the movie because well, he Sean was... Sean was in Highland. Was in, was in no, I mean, obviously, he, could have, he could have been in Braveheart, yeah. He's really, it's weird enough, there were so many Scottish actors in Braveheart, and yet one of the few that wasn't in Braveheart was fucking Sean Connery. Aye, aye. Do you know what my favourite Sean Connery film is, though? Well, one of my favourite Sean Connery films, The Rock. Hmm. I love that movie. Hmm. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I just love films where he's meant to play another like, nationality. Aye. And like the Spaniard in, in Highlander. Aye. Aye. you got a, you got a, a French-sounding Scottish hero and a Scottish-sounding Spanishman. Aye. He's meant to be Russian in uh, Hunt for Red October. What part of Russia are you from? Springbum. I, I, I just liked him. Untouchables. Everyone remembers that. He's Irish in it. And you also know, like, again, what part of Ireland is he from? Springbum. <laughs> I, I just like him in The Rock, because seeing after the bit in The Rock where he escapes from the FBI guys and that, and he's in the lift, mm-hmm. and the little obviously gay hairdresser guy they got in to fix his long, grungy hair for him. He's like, look, I don't care what you're doing or what's happening, I just want to know one thing. Are you happy with your haircut? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's where I love uh... Uh, and the guests of Highlander are here, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, hey guys, thanks, welcome, thanks for coming." Like, oh, it's fine. Uh, oh, when are we gonna get to meet the Rock? 
But I love the fact that he's been like, picture Balmy after in April 2000, like, this is August, Christian, it was like three months ago, three or four months ago. It was a balmy day in April 2000. Britney Spears was teaching the world how to sing. Oh, I'm going to talk to you a bit about Highlander, because I spent most of my bus journey up here looking up Highlander. Yes, you can, game. you can, because I'm very curious, was it, was it well received by the fans of Highlander? Was it not? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, we talk, talk about Highlander Endgame is the fourth movie. I knew it was in one Highlander of the series. I knew it was one of the many in the long series because mm-hmm. I, I know there was there was two proper ones that made it to good cinema, right? There was Highlander and then Highlander: The Quickening, which I think was the second one. I heard the Highlander. I heard. I heard basically for most people who know Highlander more than me, I've not watched any of the Highlander movies myself. But I've heard basically. Highlander 1 is good, everything else is not. Oh, Highlander 1 is good. I strongly recommend Highlander 1. I do not know... I believe I may have seen the second one. Mm-hmm. And up until a couple of decades ago, well, a decade or so ago, I didn't even realise there was a third and a fourth one. Yes. And there was also a TV series that was running concurrently. I knew there was a TV series. So, <laughs> I believe what happened with the, the Highlander movies is 1986 is when... Her Highlander comes out, you know, decent enough. Oh, it's a good success of a movie with uh, Highlander. Hold on, I've got some notes here about why I just. The, the bad guy in the first one, the Kurgan, mm. he was cool as fuck, yeah. And the famous line, there can be only one. I, when I think of that line, I think more so of uh, Roger, American Dad, just like, I, I made my Christmas spirit grow stronger. That's how it works, right? Like Highlander. Well, there can be only one. <laughs> but yeah, so 1986, out comes Highlander 1, then Highlander 2, The Quickening. I got it right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so who's from Lambert? Lambert. Uh, Lambert. It's not silent. Listen He's, to him say it. But it's pronounced that way because he is French. Lambert. Even he doesn't say Lambert. Lambert. He says T. You're a T right now. Anyway. You're a cunch. Highlander 3, The Sorcerer, comes out in 1994. Why? Because money, maybe? I don't know. There was no money in it by that point. Well, you want to talk about there being no money, what I talk to you about Highlander 4? Anyway, uh, so that comes out. Oh, sorry. It grossed, Highlander 1 grossed like 12.9 million worldwide. I uh, can't find the budget for it, I'll maybe find it later on. Yeah. But, so Highlander 2 comes out, basically it's a direct sequel, 1980, by 1982 is when the TV show starts, and that runs to 1988. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, Cal McLeod, spelled M-A-C, which is why most people assume my name is M-A-C, but it's not, it's M-C, from that one. M-C Scott. But, uh, <laughs> so, so Cal McLeod is sort of Lambert's character, and so he's the main character through these films. But then, it's uh, the, I think it's a relative descent of his... Uh, who's the main star of the TV show and then he I think he's who the other actor alongside Christopher Lambert was playing alongside Christopher Lambert I'm I'm not going to argue with this again Lambert 
Okay, I'll just say you're wrong and, and cringe okay. every time you say it. Okay, just auto change it to Lambert in your in your. That's head. what I'm doing. <laughs> so that's running alongside the TV. The TV show is running alongside the time where Highlander three comes out, but I don't think they acknowledge it. Yeah. In fact, it's, it's even says here when I look it up Highlander three Sorcerer uh, is a direct sequel to the original film, ignoring and contradicting the story of Highlander two. Hurrah! So basically, it fucks with the continuity there, and then plus also you got continuity of the TV show. And then now we've got Highlander A again, which this is August by this. The film will come out on September 1st, 2000. Mm. Written by Doug Aronofsky. I've heard of him. Yes. He makes films. Not to be confused with Aaron Aronofsky. Uh, the film had a budget of 25 million, did Aaron mm. Endgame. Worldwide, in total, it made 15.8. May loss. Oh, yes, it made a big loss. You need to make double your budget to be considered profitable. Yeah, it was less than five million. Mm-hmm. This is the description I found online of this film. It's a continuation of the continuity from the original movie and the television series. The film reunites Duncan McLeod, played by Adrian Paul, lead character of the TV show, and Connor McLeod, Christopher Lambert's character. Uh, shut up! In the film, the McLeods need to deal with a new enemy, Jacob Kell, a powerful immortal who is willing to take any role to win the prize. I don't know what the prize is. Again, I don't know Highlander. 11% on Rotten Tomatoes and the average critical rating of 3.3 out of 10. Wow. El- El- think of the Usos, it's so they can be the one. Elvis Mitchell of the New York Times gave Highlander and gave a mildly positive review, say, and this is a mindless violence back in back in a B-picture where it belongs, and the swordplay is impressive. When the movie sticks to hand-to-hand battles and doesn't try to offer deep thoughts, on the life of an immortal, it works on its own terms. Travis Eddings of Th- Film Threat gave the film one half star. Cock. After after viewings of Highlander Endgame, it's obvious that Aronofsky has no idea how to make a film. The only reason why the film earns a half star instead of zero is due to some unintended laughs. It's funny to see what passes for acting in this movie. So, Mixed thoughts. Can I ask, was this one of Christian uh, Edge's first forays into film? The very first forays into film. Basically, I think it was like, oh, if you like it, Finelander enough, there's enough continuity for fans, but like it, it's basically a, very much a step down in the series. And like, Good, watch it. There's a wrestler in it. He's popular. I mean, he's not really a selling point because, yes, they're playing up, but I think they're playing up knowing the fact Edge is in one scene of this movie. His one line is, by deed of the king, and then he gets into a fight with one of the main characters, and then he threatens him when Christian Edge picks up a big heavy thing to throw at him, and he threatens him by the main character threatens Edge by pointing a sword at his testicles. He's like, throw a rock at me, and I'll cut off your wee man. Aye. So. And he's two wee pals. So yeah, Edge is barely in the film, so there. And probably for the best, given. He, lift, he threatens somebody, lifts a rock, and gets his boss threatened. Aye. And that's it. That's pretty much it. But it reeks of awesomeness! Yes. And did I tell you how we won the Teletubbies on a balmy stubby afternoon? On oh, balmy afternoons. <laughs> yeah. Britney well, Spears. Val Venus. It's a cunt. Yeah. It's a Milena cunt. And Chris Benoit. So you got an on Chris Jericho. So two cunts. So they both basically, typical, both guys go after the guy that they were already feeding with. Really? Yes. Wow. I did not see that coming. For some reason there just gets to the point where a referee says, Eddie, you should not be in this ring. Get out of the ring. And so that just lets the heels beat up uh, Chris Jericho a little bit. Yeah. Uh, 
Jericho is sent into the ring steps, but the frog splash. There's, there's a, Eddie gets a frog splash at one point in Val, but he's not legal. Uh, Val's not legal. And then there's so a. Then Benoit the, gets up on the turnbuckle mm-hmm. and drops a big old. Air Canada. Air Canada on him. <laughs> or Air Canada, to you and me. Canada. Uh, Canadian. Lambert. I'm not having this again. Good, so you agree, I'm he's correct. Fr- he's French Canadian, this first fellow, or, or just regular French, I don't know, but he is French. It's Lambert. Prince Lambert. Oh. It's. When we're finished recording this, I'm going to find someone saying his name and you're going to feel so silly. I don't care how anyone else says the name I'm saying is like this. Okay. Every time you try and correct me, I'm just going to say it, say my way back at you even louder, so you may as well give up. Tsunami! Tsunami! <laughs> anyway, Yules win, brawl post-match. Jenna gets into the ring post by Albert, and then there's a crossface on Chris Jericho, so... Baddies down to all boo. 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 And after that, after a quick advert, we take a step back into the 90s and the new generation as the 123 kid takes on Make a Difference Fatu. I mean, Xbox takes on Rikisha. Yeah, <laughs> and ends up getting his hole kicked in. Yes, and he warns the roadie, I mean, road dog, not to get involved. Yeah. Because they had a whole thing on Raw of, like, again, the whole friendly rivalry, like, I can do this on my own, says Xbox. Yep. And then. Rodog's showing that he's laughing at Xbox getting his ass kicked, getting a stink face. But then he ends up coming out to save him from a bonsai, which but annoys Xbox because, like, I told you, I'm doing my own, man. Mm-hmm. So now he asks for rematch, and basically he makes it Rodog promise, like, this time, I know I told you before, this time, don't fucking covet. Let me fight it. Mm-hmm. I need to try and get these fans on side again. They hate me. I don't know. He tries to get on side. What are the fans saying? Xbox sucks. Yep. We don't like you. Go away. The one, two, three kid gets his ass kicked by head shrinker Fatou or making a difference Fatou mm-hmm. or Rikishi. Mm-hmm. He's doing it for the rock. <laughs> yes. No longer for the kids. Or for the rock. Or for the rock. Anyway, he tries to jump Rikishi but that fails. We're all just showing back to his but he doesn't get involved. Uh, he, I don't I love how I've written this. Xbox locks the sleeper, but the crowd feel Rikishi. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he breaks out of it. Diving closely at one point, uh, Rikishi carries with a super kick. Also, all of our witness. Sunset Flub is carried by Rikishi sitting on him. Rogue's <laughs> <laughs> <Obviously> tries to. <clears throat> Rod, he dares Rhoda to come out and stop him hitting the bonsai. He, goes, he, yeah, doesn't, he, he does what uh, Bianca Belair does. He slaps <laughs> his ass. <laughs> But uh, he's like, go on. Oh, you're not going to wake up? All right, then. Squash. X-Pot with a bonsai drop. Yep. And Rikishi gets the win. And rightly so. Christian and Edge are back with the, with the stars of Highlander Endgame. And they're still talking shit and fucking <laughs> pushing ourselves up and all that. Going, we're like, just you're brilliant, man. Fastest. Look, you guys promised us we get to meet the Rock. And he's coming uh, momentarily. He'll be here. <laughs> and then Gangrel shows up, and all of a sudden they mock out for Gangrel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we all we all we know Gangrel. He lives in a sucking blood. And they talk about his books. I believe Gangrel was based on a character, a vampire character yeah, from yeah. a book series or a video game series. And he goes like, "I also like frisbee." And Christopher Lambert says, "Christopher <laughs> Lambert says I like frisbee." Shut up! I'm I'm, I'm not sorry, gonna, I'll I'm not behave. Gonna, I'm not going to say it your way, no matter how many times you try to make me. So Christopher. Highlander. Says, 
That way we both win. Alright, Reading says, I like Frisbee too. <laughs> also, he got, he, got, he got bloody recast in, in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is probably for the best. By James James Ramar. Yes, a.k.a. Dexter's dad. Yeah. A.k.a. the guy who was originally going to be an Aliens. Mm. He was going to be an Aliens. Because if you don't know this, see I the, the tack gear that Michael Bain's wearing? Mm-hmm. The tack gear that he's wearing, you know how like all the marines in that movie have like their own like tags and shit they put on their gear. Mm-hmm. Well, the tags and shit that were on uh, uh, Hicks was mm-hmm. he Hicks? No fucking no. Well, Michael Bean's character, right? His character in it was wearing the gear that James Remar's character mm-hmm. was originally going to be wearing because that's how far they'd gotten. We we had like wardrobe and shit for James Remar, so when we filmed it with Michael. Then, because him and James Elmer are relatively the same kind of build and shit, we just gave him James Elmer's gear, you know? But yeah, Dexter's dad, uh, Raiden in the second Mortal Kombat. I thought, although he was not Christopher Lambert, I thought he was a good Raiden, you know? I thought he was a good Raiden, and damn, I liked the second one too. Fucking people telling me it's crap. I don't care. I like it. One thing I know about the second one is uh, we we went to a line and it said, "Oh, this is the worst Alfred line in movie history." The mother, I thought you were dead. Too bad you will die. <laughs> that is classic cheese, man. That is just great. I uh, thought you were dead. Too bad you will die. Fucking okay. oh, no, ha ha. that? Oh, Jesus! So much cheese now. I'm fucking lactose intolerant now. That was a shit joke, I realised that, but I'm just trying to get over how much cheese there was. I didn't know what other situation would be too much cheese. Because I like I cheese. I, I, I like cheese too. That seemed like a nervous addition to a bad joke. I was trying to make a point that even that I was like too much cheese. I like cheese too, though. I was going to make a point that was just too much cheese, even for me, even for the yeah. even for the biggest cheese lover, it's too much cheese. I, I made a good thing with cheese the other day. I, I made two square slice, and then just about <coughs> a few minutes before I took it out of the oven... I took the lid off the oven, I put cheese on the square slice, and then I cooked it, and the cheese went all melty and bubbly. Mmm, lovely. Yeah, cheesy square slice. It's good. So they walk off with, uh, with Gangrel. That's good, Gangrel's cool. But anyway, your point about bloody cheese or whatever on your square slice is more interesting than this next match of Al Snow and the Cat versus Terry and Perry Sarton. Oh, uh, do you know, I, I'll, I promise you during this match, I listened to it, but then I just did some colouring in in my colouring book. <laughs> I didn't watch it, I just listened to it, and occasionally looked up and went, oh, what I expected happened is happening. Mm. Wow. Way to a skank now, but there's a bit of punch in here and there when the guys are in the ring. Oh, look, the cat's managed to get a wedgie. Well, I didn't see that coming, you know, and, oh look, the cat and Al Snow have lost. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was phenomenal. I hear something that's more interesting than anything that happened here. My colouring book? No. Oh. Uh, finally figured out what hell that weird noise is and Al Snow's theme song there. <laughs> what is it? Noise. Uh... It's like how the brood had. I've told you about the brood having a reverse message in their song. Yeah, huh. Basically, if you're really backwards, it's I I killed Paul, I buried Paul. 
which was a thing with Jim Johnson being a fan of whole conspiracy theory about there being two Paul McCartneys or whatever, and how there's a hair message about what happened to the real Paul, and, but, and if you listen back to one of the Beatles songs, yeah. it's all bullshit, but Jim Johnson found it fascinating, so put it in the boot so, But I listened to a podcast where they proudly played back, they played in reverse that weird noise in Al Snow's theme song, and it's a few of us saying, I am in control, which I think is very implied that's the, the voice of Head talking. Oh. But he's good, what Head is in control of, of Al Snow. That could have been a really interesting arc in his character if we'd done that, right? Hmm. But anyway, so, yeah, basically, Terry finds to avoid the cat, men doing most of the work is what I put it here. Saturn goes, uh, after Al's back, they get Head involved. Not in that way. <laughs> Terry hits Al. <laughs> Terry hits Al with Head. Filthy skink. <laughs> Northern Lights so placed by Saturn for the win. Cat spears Terry, and I say that word generously. Saturn then tries to choke the cat and... Did like, she just fall in air a bit? I don't know, I can't remember, I blocked it out. Oh. Well, since I watched this episode, so... It's painful to watch in parts. Mm-hmm. That's why I did colouring in. <laughs> it helped. I've seen many matches in my time, Paul, and that was certainly one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it was. Ah, <laughs> Matt. I say with the with the finger quotes. <coughs> Tractor beam. <laughs> Magma. Isn't Chris in our next? We from... shall call it Preparation H. I Why did you it... call it Operation Ass Cream, you ass? <laughs> anyway. Isn't Christian come out <laughs> with a cast of Highlander game in the crowd who went from disliking them and not wanting to be there to then cheering them on and during this match, despite them mean heels. That's because when we sat down, we finally got their paycheck for being there. Yeah. Which was more of a paycheck than we probably got for Highlander Endgame. Wait a minute. Edge and Christian predict Edge is all scoring for their five second pose. Like, yeah. like, and, you'll play the award for actor who's, who's the forward's most reeked of awesomeness. <laughs> it was to Edge. 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 I can't believe I need to pretend they take the award in the poser for the five second ones. <laughs> the thing on the Dudleys. No real build here, just Dudleys for you and Christian. Yeah. Uh, D1 gets set to the outside and into the steps. Then he manages that down shoulder tackle, get, he's getting back in the Dudley's side. Uh, they had, there's a random doomsday device by the Dudleys on a Christian just saying, yeah. like, oh, alright. Because these are them are well finished, I think, by then, for the most what, part. This is 2000. Yes. I believe they finished up with the WWF on their second yeah. run in 98. Yeah, they're making a lot of appearances like, outside of the WWF on a weird... Yeah, yeah. Well, when does when does, uh, when does does Animal come back and do a hiding rig thing? Well, it's a couple years after Hawk, Hawk Pass. They actually make an appearance at LOD on episode of Ron 03, where they lose to Kane and RVD. Oh, yeah, that was their last match, wasn't it? Yeah, and then Hawk died a few months later. Yeah. I remember that, because I remember the Dudleys did a Doomsday device mm. and respect after the Hulk passed. They had a match and they done like they basically wrestled a LOD style match. I mean LOD oh. had a reputation for no style and they kept that right to their last match because Hulk takes a choke slam and a five star frog splash. As soon as the three happens, RVD's belly up to celebrate Hulk is Hulk is already back up on his feet. Yeah hey, I'm not having that no no, no, if you watch the, I'm just saying, if you watch the clip, that's what happened. No, I'm saying that's probably Hawk. He's like, no, I'm done. I'm, yeah. I'm beat. I'm stalling up now. Fuck you. Right. Well, I got my money. I'm out of here. Yep. 
Edge. Edge picks up the pen after that, but then gets and gets a what's up for his troubles. PC. I think they actually even do the what's up. What's up? Well, it took them a while. I thought the commercial had already come out, so they've finally done it. And then we're going to do it years after anybody had remembered the commercial. Only a few, well, only a select few of us who've been watching this by going, they're doing the thing from that advert at that time in Scary do, Movie. Yeah, well, that's how I knew it, not yeah. from the advert. I'm just saying. Yo, Doogie, pick up the phone. <laughs> Yo, voila. <laughs> what you doing, sir? Nothing, just chilling, killing, true. True. Also, they say to us, oh, Jeff Hardy is not medically cleared to compete. I think he was here on Raw. Jeff not medically cleared to compete tonight. But he'll be on Sunday Night Heat for a match. He'll be trying to think, oh, so you ah, that crucial three-day extra weight what, after a concussion. To which Jeff says, but I don't want to be on hot heat. Can't I just be concussed? I'd rather stay home like deal with my concussion than wrestle on heat. I'll stay home and deal with my various problems and concussions and addictions and my Band. I don't even think he formed the band yet by this point. Yeah, I, I have listened to some of their music. It's not shit. Mm. Peroxy Y Gen. What would you rather listen to, Peroxy Y Gen or Fozzy? Peroxy Y Gen. Mm. Fozzy's gay. Pretty much. And. Nah, Fozzy's gay. <laughs> you're, just try, you're trying to think of something, but no. I was trying to think of something a little more relevant and a little more mature and just saying, nah, Fozzy's gay, but nah, Fozzy's gay. <laughs> Jericho's a fat. Train wreck. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. He's like fucking Vince Neil with it with addiction problem. <laughs> Still fat, well. Fat dick. Anyway, uh, Bubba gets hit with a chair, which causes the DQ. Basically, try to get over Edge and Christian use chairs, because the other guys are known for liars and tables. Yeah. They may have a match for that. Uh, I don't think it'll get worse, especially not to the extent where they name a pay per view after it. Oh, no. That, that shit will never get over. And then Hardy's get involved as an attack against Christian after they've already been DQ'd. Which is why I love the way that everyone's cheering the edge and Christian getting their comments. Cut to the Highlander and Gatorcast. Boo! Boo! How dare you attack our kind of friend Edge and his yeah. pal Christian who we don't like either. How, do, how dare you attack that guy that had less than a bit role in the film? <laughs> Boo. Boo! Stop, don't. Come back. Stop, don't. My check's cleared yet. Can we leave? <laughs> Hardy's dive off ladders on the edge and then Christian gets powerball to the table. Again, I feel like they're staying out for long, I just can't put my finger on it. Yeah. And then, a little bit later on, Taz comes out to the ring, he may have a match, but he goes right up to the contrary table. Yeah, to fucking, I'll tell you this, this whole episode, this was the best fucking thing that happened on it. I've got to say, quite frankly, because, you know, Taz comes out and he's given, we talk about the previous Raw, and then he came out and said that shitty stuff to JR, and I know it's scripted and shit, right, but I'm like, you motherfucker, how <laughs> you say that to JR? You got the indigenous face about the things he's been saying to on commentary, like, he's oh. like I, I would slap you around the face, but it looks to me like God already did that for me. And then I'm like, you fucker. And then King, and he's he gets ready to swing. But like JR does, and King's like, no, 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 no. Hold my fucking beer. I'm fucking cracking this gun to crack someone. And then and then they go back to SmackDown, and it's like, well, I know I'm not the biggest fan of old JR, but I'm not going to let some idiot stand there and say those kind of things to him. Yeah, because like, he came out with an idea what JR said, but like, it really loaded, like, oh, there's uh, nothing but a low. Uh, you got a problem with me, JR? Huh? What? You want to fight me, JR? You want 
And then he does the thing. That's like the face looks like Goddard. This is yeah, he's already had two bouts of Bell's palsy yeah, by this point. Yeah. And fucking King smacks him and he comes well, out. Well, Jr. does slap him and he, like, and he just laughs like, I'll give you that one. But I didn't see you balling up your fist. You want to hit me again? Go on, I dare you. Hit me. Hit. And he's like, I'm having another list. Yeah, fucking I'll, I'll fucking hit the cunt. And, and then like... The two of them actually get into it, I think. Yeah, like, but fucking on Smackdown again, fucking King's like, well, no, I, I don't have the best of things to say about JR. I'm not going to let some idiot talk like that about him. So fuck yeah. him, basically. Yeah. And he comes right up to the desk and he's like, like... You interfered. You got some. You got pain coming to you, yeah. and then he just fucking cracks him with a water canister. Yeah, it's a little metal. Boom! This this some weird metal water container that's never been here in the goddamn before. Where this coming to play? Dink, dink. Uh, he's on my great good skate with it. You aye. can tell he does it right. You know what I mean? Fucking King's bleeding in it. Aye, aye. But fucking King gets smacked, and he's like fucking, and then Taz is in the ring waiting for We Crash to come in. Aye. You know, I loved the wee crash, man. He was cool. The crash guy got all grass is done because Jerry Lawler and Taz are getting into it when the referees are having to come and break them up. No, but I loved that, man. Fucking Taz has got his eyes focused on crash and then just all of a sudden at the air, fucking kingdoms and starts beating his bitch ass. <laughs> and I swear, the very first time I ever seen that, and it was years ago I seen it, right? But the like, very first time I seen that, I was like, fucking hit him! Hit him, King! Fucking kick his hole in! Cheeky bastard saying that about JR! <laughs> Because I think at that point I was a most definite JR fanboy. Didn't he like the King so much? I found him a pain in the arse even then. Aye. But no, nah, he was def- he was defending his good lady's honour. <laughs> his good lady being JR. Yes, his commentary partner, Aye. his his good friend and colleague. <laughs> you know, and he's like, I I will not be having any of this shit. No. Mm. I I will smack that scoundrel violently <laughs> several times, <laughs> and then later on, like after the king goes and gets his cell so he comes back out and he's like, "Ah, fucking, you know, he wants to talk. He wants to hit the talker. Well, I can I can talk a good game and I can fight a good game. And he wants to come out. I'll give him some more." <laughs> like, basically, if you want to put it in the general Scottish vernacular, he's like, "I come ahead. I'll oh, fuck. I'll do you. Come ahead." Dear uh, Lord does go away. He does get replaced by Stephen Richards uh, during this next match because right to censor are, are coming out. Yeah, right to censor against well, too cool. Bill Buchanan against too cool. And I've got to say, I know I'm I'm not greatly favourable with this era, but I've got to say one of the most underappreciated guys of that era was Bill Buchanan. The guy was fucking beast in ring. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a picture, a, a recent picture of him. Yeah. I didn't even know he was a fucking polis. Well, you wouldn't fuck with him as a polis, would you? I didn't even know he was like a sheriff or some <laughs> shit. You know, like, fuck's sake. You, mean, no, you remember Rico? Yeah, he was a polis. He was a polis and, yeah, and then went back to being a polis and he's like, legit, like, martial arts guy and everything. Yeah. I go back to something Rico said, like, in his said in my experience, guys who play these over the top kind of characters are sometimes the guys behind them are the t- some of the toughest guys in. In wrestling, so uh, they get away with that more authentically because they can play this character. But if they, if they needed to, they could basically they could handle themselves. What was his original dub character? Was he you know like the fucking Billy and Chuck stylist or Aye. something? Yeah, you know, and the big fur coats with his wee mutton chops there. Yeah. Then, then I like these muttons. And then when he became a single guy, he was basically he took inspiration from Adrian Street, the British, the Welsh wrestler. Yeah. He even went to the guy to ask his permission to kind of sell himself after him. Yeah, because he was like a flouncy type guy in the 70s, man. Aye, in the 70s, so... 
you just imagine the kind of like we we've heard Goldust getting so all sorts of chatted him in ninety five, ninety six. All all sorts of, of slurs and all that. So, so imagine the kind of shit that Aiden Aiden Treat was getting thrown at him. Oh. But if any of them try to date about it, Aiden Treat would well, fuck think, them up. Think all guys like back in the day in the American really, Adrian Adonis. Uh-huh. You know, who's uh, Piper had the Piper's pit. Uh-huh. What was it? Barber had the barber shop. <laughs> Jake Roberts with the snake pit. What did Adrian Adonis have? The flower shop. The flower shop. Yeah. I think it was part of the feed way we uh we paper when paper had to go away for a while. Adrian Adonis then took over his spot for Bears Pit, but now it's the flower shop. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like you say, a lot of these guys that play like flouncy characters or kind of theatrical characters, shall we say. This is a weird story for this show, but we heard the story of how Eden Street battered Jimmy Savile. I have no do tell me. I love, I, I, any story I can hear about that, you can get a kick and it's good for well, me. Well, David Savile did a bit of wrestling in like ah, the 60s he, and that. He wrestled over 100 matches. He was a, yeah. he was a proper wrestler. Yeah. You don't think he saw it? Give, what do you think? Just a thing he did for occasionally. No, no, he was a, he was a proper wrestler. <laughs> he did do it. I went well, and I watched right. that documentary on him on Netflix. I think he had done also all his stuff outside of it. So because of his other stuff, he was doing like uh, radio and ah, TV. He was and DJing and shit. Uh, so basically, other wrestlers didn't want to lose to Excel some like him. fucking DJ. It took him thirty matches before he would win one. Right. I learned that so he was basically a wrestler, a top ten list of wrestlers doing horrible things. Because sometimes that's the one I've seen. Because sometimes you go down weird YouTube rabbit holes. Right, and sometimes it takes you dark to dark things. The ten most evil wrestlers. Pretty much something like that. I, think I mean, he was in the fucking thumbnail for it. So I knew. Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, maybe I'll learn more about what he actually did as a wrestler. Was, was that what it was? Like you seen ten most evil wrestlers. You seen his ugly big cooking on it. And you went, the fuck is well, that? Well, I'd heard about him being involved, and I'll say, you think he drank highly. Because I thought, well, he like you'll probably rank Kylie in terms of what evil stuff he did, but like, oh, how high will he rank in terms of a wrestler? Because I want to know more about what he actually did as no, a wrestler. I think at most he was a glorified jobber. Yeah, like I said, two three matches to one one. He got messed up, and his final match, I believe, was against Adrian Street. And Adrian Street basically. Did Adrian Street basically know he was a creepy bastard at the point? I don't think he knew about it, but, but I think he did. About him. If he knew, it, if he really knew it, then he would have probably Killed been him. worse. Because like. Basically, Adrian Street could be like a described as a shooter in real life, but he yeah, played he this was... character. So basically, he he started stiffing and properly stretching Demis Savile. He beat Demis Savile to the extent where Demis Savile decided, "I don't want to wrestle anymore." So Adrian Street properly kicked the fuck out. Of no, him. beat the wrestler out yeah. of him. Yeah. No, why? That's what I hear. I mean, see, like for example, all the shit we used to say about gold dust. Mm-hmm. No realising that Dustin Rhodes himself was a big hardcore Texan who could probably kick your hole in. Uh, <laughs> you know? And like you say, Rico, he's a fucking hardcore black belt Polish. Maybe with Dustin Rhodes, he, he comes across obviously as a lovely guy. Mm. And he, there were some like dark moments in it because he was going into detail about some of the struggles he's had and everything. <laughs> and how he, how he came out the other side of it and everything. Yeah, did he have a lot of drink and substance problems yeah. himself? Yeah, and talk about how in like, the 2000s after he finished with TNA. A brief thing with TNA, yeah, they did his black rain, how, how he was at his lowest and everything, and had to eventually find his dad and basically through his dad who was still working in WWE, they, that got him into rehab and he's been basically clean ever since. Mm. I just loved, like, I assume like, like 2002 Rumble was like his return, proper return. Yeah, proper and return. And I swear, like, seeing like, usually with the Rumbles uh-huh. and you see the entrances and you go, ah, that's cool, see his entrance, though. Mm-hmm. So, 
when he just came in, you were like, ah, that's a guy. <laughs> that's my man, that's gold dust. And he came out and he did the robe thing and everything. And I was like, because, you know, I loved gold yeah. dust. I always thought gold dust was cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, when everybody was shouting faggot, I just thought, oh, he just scares the fuck out of you people, yeah. didn't he? And the thing, like, do you know what was actually Savio Vega? Yeah, yeah, he did. Like, and he even mentioned that in the interview. Mm, it was on Rainy Young's or Rainy Piquet, where we call her now. Uh, Savio went and amped him up. He was like, see when you've got me in the corner? When you've got me in the corner, rub me up a bit. Yeah. We'll go after fucking tits. I think because, I think obviously, there were a lot of like people of Puerto Rican kind of descent, obviously, and he, mm. he, from that community, knew that there were quite a few who maybe didn't at that time feel the best words what they were implying so if you play up that thing they'll go mental so he it's a case of savvy understanding character and understanding the crowd that they were performing yeah. in front of I just remember him talking about it on some interview he was doing on a stage uh-huh. and apparently at the end of the match he had with Savio <laughs> he went backstage and he was knackered he was lying on the deck <laughs> We ha- his gold robe half half yeah. just so he could get a bit of and fuck it apparently Vince McMahon ran in mm-hmm. and stood there and went Dustin that was excellent do it again <laughs> he's like just keep doing that and he was like no problem sir <laughs> well Vince was excited like a wee way he's like Dustin that was wonderful do that <laughs> but, but I think it's everything he's gone through he's, he comes across interviews like that really down earth kind of yeah, guys, so I was glad when he mentioned the stuff about Golas, he mentions the stuff with Savio in that interview. Yeah. Uh, he jokes about, like, everyone says, like, oh, like, there are people out there who think that the only creation of Golas was a rib on Dusty, like, bringing back Dusty's kid and making everything this character. Like, said, I don't I don't know if it was or wasn't, but even if it was, it gave me all these these opportunities. Yeah, and that. I mean, four-time IC champ. Multiple-time tag team. Like, he came back in 2002, one of the things that people most remember about Golas' runs in WWE is uh, that, that partnership with Booker T. Mm. And so you got to do all these little skits and that. The time where you dress up as a crocodile hunter to walk in on a sleeping big show, like, crocky, look at the size of that. <laughs> and then that horrible, horrible remake it with our truth. And then they had him doing the, the, the stutter or pretend he had Tourette's because he got thrown into an electric rig by Evolution. Uh, I just liked his, his completely damp, squibby heel turn that went nowhere. Like, uh. What's up? What's a boof? That's what's up. <laughs> I remember he probably hit. He asked him to go in an interview with Howard Stern to and keep up the the the, shake, the shaking the Tourette thing. And so he was doing it. I'm like, this is not character. No, I'm. I've got. He had like he actually had this. And then somebody from a organization that supports people with Tourette's phoned in. And like, why? Why are you doing this horrible portrayal of these people with a serious? And you could basically you can see the awkwardness and doesn't like. I don't know how how to do it. How to defend myself here? Yeah. You basically up in a very awkward position. Thanks, Vince. Yeah. You goon. So, why Bill Buchanan's a polis now? Aye, fuck. We went on a whole spiel on that, but Bill Buchanan's a polis. Aye, aye. Aye. Anyway, back to but, Bill Buchanan. But the right to censor our wrestling. Aye. <laughs> so Gerald Lawler's buggered off aye. for a minute. But RTC were on Raw, right? And uh, Steve Richards got a promo on Raw about. Rudy Giuliani, who was the then mayor of New York. He wasn't that man with the dye leaking down his head supporting Trump and the end up one. Not, not yet, no. He also was a lawyer at one point, but then he's also, he's, he was a mayor. He got, for a while, people loved him because oh, yeah, yeah. Cause he was known as America's mayor because of after Nailing, he was a big, he was in a lot of things of trying to rally the people of New York by not let this define them and his yeah. lawyer thing, and everybody loved him for a few years and then Again, they showed these two killers, and then it was associated with Trump and and all those shit and all that shit. Yeah. 
also apparently in 2004 they made a really shitty TV movie about him with James Khan. No, uh, he was in Simpsons as well as uh, Family Guy. They, they both took the piss out of him. He played himself. He also voiced Hades. Oh, James Woods. James Woods. James Woods. He's fucking this high school in bloody. Aye. Oh, he's even named after him. Everything by James Woods. James Woods. <laughs> by James Woods played him with a really weird fucking fake nose in the film. Uh, yeah. still from it. Anyway. Anywho. Right, they basically say, like, the same way that Rudy Giuliani has cleaned up New York City, we will clean up the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> the hoes are protesting in the crowd. <laughs> they throw a challenge to anybody in the back who are like, we like to challenge our message of decency. <laughs> and out come the Dudley boys. Yay. You see, you don't you act like you know what the people want. I don't know why I'm saying that. Bob is not acting like a hick anymore, but I'm going to tell I'll do it anyway. My favourite moment I'm talking about this. We are the rock. rock goes, it doesn't matter. People, what the people want is to see you guys go through a table. The guy goes, hey, yeah, that. And despite we're just getting involved, the Dudley's win after the 3D. Yeah. They do have a what's up, and they do set up a table, but Richard's through the Godfather, it's a lot. Grabs one of the sides off the walls and hits uh, That's Bubba. And hits Bubba with it. And then Richards grabs Victoria and goes to put her through the table. And Grandfather looks at him and like, Yeah, Godfather, come to your senses. Protect this woman. Stephen, don't do it. Let me do it. Right. And he puts her through the table as yeah, well. Powerful shot, dude. Right. Powerful one. Right. You can you can tell what she was the one the whole as it was a wrestle. Uh-huh. Because, you know, it's Victoria and she's cool as fuck. <laughs> or would become cool as fuck. Yes. Apparently, part of the reason they had to stop doing Tattoo of Orange music is basically they didn't ask Tattoo's permission to use the song. That's a pity. Yeah. You'd think considering how irrelevant they are now, they'd appreciate it. Yeah, if they're still relevant at the time, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know the history of Tattoo. Play little Russian chicks. My friend was really into them. They went and played up the fact that everyone thought they were lesbians, but they weren't lesbians. But yeah. they went and they used it for financial gain. Hmm. I see. Yes. Anyway, maybe it was a case they didn't think Tattoo would say yes, so basically, ah, oh, let's ask for forgiveness, not permission. But then now that's on the I Ain't Delirious Mess with, apparently that's Nicki Minaj doing the, doing the song. That figures. Yeah. Like, Victoria revealed in an interview, but apparently it's like she wasn't like big yet, she was just the local like, New York rapper who they got in to do it, they played the song for Victoria, like, what do you think of this one? That sounds like something I've listened to on the radio, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, you can tell it's Nicki Minaj, <laughs> because, you know, it's horrible. Yeah. Anyway, uh, with RTC, yes, it's Buchanan and, and Goodfather taking on Too Cool while Team Richard joins commentary, and Michael Cole is really trying to take Richard to task here, like, Colin Howard gets like, what is this little... This organization, you try to talk about your moral standards, you try to act like what everybody, you know what everybody wants. You're the moral conscious of the WF. How do you justify putting a helpless woman through a table? Because she's an asshole. <laughs> like, I regret what we had to, to do. do. To that poor woman. You know, sometimes, you know, you have to make a few sacrifices in the name of cause. And now, there is one last person... Out on that picket line, picketing, <laughs> and uh, and Michael Cole again really, Vince really was like, 
Vince is imagining that someone for the PTC sitting right there, like, tell, say this to him, say this to him. Like, how do you tell, you tell me what my kids can watch? I need to say what my kids can and can't watch. I bet Michael Colton loves not having that gimp in his ear anymore. Oh, yeah. I bet he loves it. You can tell how much Mary enjoys his commentary now. Mm-hmm. I believe that if Vince even tried to slither his way back onto fucking creative, I think Michael Cole might kill him. I mean, the first time in ages we had people basically saying, for the first time in a long time, people were saying, Michael Cole could be like best commentator of the year. Like, literally, the words I did for you are Michael yeah. Cole, like, unanimously got commentator of the year. Hell yeah. Which, yes, justified. Justified. Mm-hmm. See what happens when you don't have a senile old Bob which, in your which, ear. Which, was, it, was, it, was it just slightly missing out on it was Pat McAfee, who we, we, we mentioned before Vince left. A lot of people pointed out Pat being with Michael really helped. You see a change in Michael because he feels more natural just playing off each other. Yeah. That's so excitable. Michael could be his favourite, and sometimes Michael gets really into it. He's like, there's a clip. I, I love it when Michael goes. Like, someone, there's an alternate uh, like camera angle of them at the commentary table, and, and when Wee Man shows up to slam uh, uh, Sammy during that jacket, they're both there like, Wee Man, Wee Man slam, hit a slam on Sammy there, Wee Man slam. Ah, they missed an opportunity earlier having Wee Man fighting Hornswoggle. Well, that would have been cool. <laughs> uh, so uh, right to Sandra fighting too cool. Um, it's an item match. Godfather knocks Scotty's hat off, which, you know, it's yeah. amazing how much he's able to keep his hat on during matches. Then, oh, no, there goes his hat. Yeah, there goes his hat. <laughs> but the way that match finishes, I mean, that big fucking boot for mm. Buchanan, man. Ugh. That guy was so. That guy could have won a few titles, man. There's a point where uh, Scotty goes for the worm and Ian Richards goes, uh, no, oh, you cannot try and convince me that that worm is not in any way pornographic. <laughs> it's like, pornographic? What are you talking yeah, about? The worm? People love to see Scotty's worm. I think you're about it. Uh, they avoid the whole screen <coughs> instead of over the top. Uh, but yeah, RTC went after a big scissor kick off the top by... Yeah, by Bill. Mm-hmm. That guy was vicious, mm-hmm. powerful, man. And then we go back to more of this... Uh, playground shit where just Joe is there with Crack and go yeah like you know Joe, I'm hearing lots of you know can I sit down yeah please come sit wait you can curse all understanding but when you guys talk to Triple H Triple H is like I have no time for you but yeah. fine tell me anyway like you know guys in the locker room they're saying that you you can't trust Triple H he's gonna he's gonna turn on you mm-hmm. the first chance he gets and yeah. fucking Angle's like okay well thanks Joe thanks and then later on mm-hmm. It goes to Triple H, and like you say, it's, it goes to, like, Triple H, can I bother you for a second? You, well, the guys are saying in the back, I'm like, I don't give a rat's ass with the guys in the back. You know what? Just for my, just humor me. Sit down. Tell me what the guys in the back are saying. Oh, let me I, get... I, I said sit down, not have a buffet. Because uh, he goes to eat some of the big amount of veggies. Uh, there. Like, oh, let me get They're saying, oh, I can't trust Craig on this time. He's going to have a trimester. Like, no, is that about Kurt? So you can't trust Shane. Now they say he'd sell out his own sister if he meant getting, getting to the WF title. Mm. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and King's rejoined commentary as you referenced like, earlier. Like I, I just like that. Yeah, sit, sit down, I'll have a buffet. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, but you're not eating any of it. Come on, just a wee bit. Just a something. He's a great young miserable bastard. They don't, they don't properly feed the people on heat, please. We're starving. Anything, please. You realise how much they're not paying me. I can't afford food. All they do is throw me bottles of RC Edge Cola. It's horrible. Power Cola. I can't live on the Power Cola. 
With hot balacola and the grapes I find in the back. <laughs> and the bits of veggies I can steal when I get into Triple H's locker room. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> just Joe. Ah, oh, that's just Joe. <laughs> just Joe. <laughs> Uh, King rejoins going to say, like, yeah, I can fight a good fight, I can talk good talk, so he wants to come out and start something. And again, I know, looking back on that, you shouldn't have had Taz if you wanted to make him a killer feud with a commentator, but this last, what happened on Raw and then this, I'm like, I'm into this. No, I'm into it, and people forget, and a lot of people at the time didn't even realise just how good an in-ring performing with King is. Mm. I mean, come on, the guy's in a fucking heart attack and he still goes, you know? No. So, King King is a wrestler, I think. With WWF, <laughs> missed the boat on that guy. <laughs> they really did. They made him look like a goon. Uh, then we get the most important thing uh, announcement on this show. The New York franchise of the XFL we based here in the Midlands of of New Jersey. Oh, yay, the XFL. That went well. I keep forgetting about the XFL until they make an announcement. Oh, we're so excited to have a franchise. We can't wait for the next... For the first season of the XFL, we are gonna be the champions of the XFL. Didn't it? Did it even last a season? Barely. Yeah. And then they give so out, somebody won something. They give out info about XFL season tickets, but who cares about that, Paul? Never mind that shit. Here comes Steve Blackman. Hurrah! He's fighting Albert for his hardcore title. And do you know what I liked? Mm-hmm. A nice clean finish. Yeah. And that bloody Trish didn't get involved. Isn't it weird that the, the clean finishes are happening in matches where the weapons are involved as well? Yeah, I'm just happy there's clean finishes, you <laughs> know what I mean? But I was happy that Steve won, mm-hmm. as is expected. I mean, he is As was the weapon. style of the time. Yeah, and Albert gave him a good match, and Trish didn't get involved. <laughs> I was happy that Trish just stood there most of the match looking confuddled. <laughs> Yeah, I was surprised by it. Well, I was like, "Why did she not do her usual heelish manager shit?" She does, mm. you know. But she did not get involved, probably because she knew fine well that Steve Blackman would get a fucking slap if she did. They're like, usually I can hide behind the ref back, but the referee doesn't care because there's a no DQ match. But also, Big Blackman's got a big stick. He might hit me with the stick. He might hit me with the stick, or with one of his many weapons that are attached to his body. He's got, he's got nunchucks. I don't want to mess with a man with nunchucks. Steve Blackman, the Chuck Norris of WWF. See, that's a dangerous man if he's got nunchucks. Mm. Instead of some chucks, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, where's a bad joke? That, that fucking su- that's like something you pull out of a fucking cracker. I know. That's the level of my humour. Nice. Well, talking of Albert, by the way, I know we've went on so many tangents this episode. Yeah, Matt Bloom. But uh, Dax Harwood, on his recent episode of his podcast, was uh, talking about the beginnings of him and Cash coming together as the revival in NXT. And he says, like, I don't want to get confused because also there's questions about whether or not they're staying in, in, in AEW or either they're going to do a freelance thing or they go all over the world or they go back to WWE. <laughs> so they're not sure where they want to go yet because he's been, he's like, he's praised Tony Khan, but he said, like, by this episode, like, I don't want to get confused. Like, uh, when I praise people who work, work in WWE or have worked in WWE, I'm talking about the people I dealt with at the time. He was very complimentary of Triple H, making suggestions for some of their matches. But he also talked about Matt Bloom because uh, before him, his job was seen up by Bill DeMott in, uh, in WWE, who was a horrible person. Yeah. He said, and uh, like, he said, he didn't want to get into it, but like, like he had his favourites, and the guys he didn't like, and me and Cash were not guys he liked, and we were worried about where job status with him, and that he, he got ousted, and then Matt Bloom came in, 
And legit, he, Dax Harwood described Matt Bloom, aka Albert, as one of the best guys he's ever worked with. <laughs> I mean, he could he could be a hard ass with you. He would like yell at you at times, but like he was never like he was like. Trying he was to always meet constructive. You. Yeah, he was always telling you what you needed to to hear. Yeah, which which sounded really good. So I'm glad that and he and he's had that job for for years now. You think like he's still in that job? Yeah, right. It shows he's doing good. Well, apparently, apparently it was Matt Bloom that grasped uh, Mandy. Uh, Mandy Rose into Sean. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. one. There's a thing with uh, you now when they they find the kids at the school and Simpson find out catch uh, Seymour and uh, Mister Popo in the the closet. Yeah, there's a thing with where Ralph with that Ralph Wiggum scene where they someone's put a. Uh, they put uh, Albert's head over and Mandy Rose was on the internet making babies and I saw oh, one of the babies, babies and the baby. baby looked at me. He's like, Matt Bloom going into Shawn Michaels' office. <laughs> the baby looked at you? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Albert gets a big sign, walks on and a boot on the line, but then the weapons come into play, there's trash cans, trash can lids, there's chairs and everything. There's sticks and everything. Blackman's using all sorts. Uh... The fire extinguisher, the spray in the eyes of the fire extinguisher, they can't have a single hardcore match without that bloody fire extinguisher. Oh, no, no, it doesn't work without it. Oh, also, if there work. was an actual fire in the arena, if they'd already had the hardcore match, they'd be fucked because they wouldn't be able to put out the fire because some fuckers already used it for a spot. Uh, died of the Abraham and Albert with the Kano stick, and weirdly, I thought this match, like, I was enjoying it, but I didn't like that it was over too quickly, and also, I thought it was a weird choice to finish, like, Albert's. On the outside, Blackman's on the apron with the big candlestick. Dies really? off, hit him with the candlestick, and then pins him. And then gets randomly attacked by Val Venus afterwards. I know, fucking pain in the hole of Val Venus. Val uh, Venus was a... I mean, I liked Val Venus when he first turned up, you know, during the Mr. The Mr. Choppy Choppy days. Mm. But, see when he started palling about with Trish and being a fud? Mm-hmm. It bothered me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let me have the bit with just Joe, which I mentioned already with Triple H, and then Jericho get goes. He finds Mick uh, Foley's offer, which is in some basically shipping container, basically. Mm. And goes in like, I want to fight Chris Benoit. I want him now. I want to. You're gonna have to just control yourself. You know, I how about you versus Chris Benoit at SummerSlam? All right, me and Benoit. Summer and he's just so saying, I just gotta make sure between now and then I don't do anything too crazy. <laughs> and then we go to the uh, the hospital with Jonathan Coachman interviewing Victoria, who's sitting in a bed. And we have a guy, I'm not sure that man has ever studied medicine in his life. Because <laughs> he's the other very awkward, like, yeah, you should be making a full recovery in a few days. And just walks away, like, thank you, doctor. And then you got the other hole there, like, this, this, this. Being a hoe, like this is how we express ourselves. Stephen Richards is trying to no pun into like <laughs> I thought we were allowed to express ourselves however we saw fit. Is that not what this country is built on? Isn't this in our constitution? Like, cause if not, then that means people like Stephen Richards win. <laughs> like, is this maybe one look making this? Are they trying to make this woman look dumb, or are they trying to say like, oh look, this woman you wouldn't assume being intelligent is, is quoting the constitution? Yeah, I don't know what they were going for here, but like, hey, <laughs> Shane. Uh, trying to really keep the feet straight angle and Triple H like oh we should talk strategy I don't want to talk strategy with this guy and he's like oh about you you heard you're disrespecting me in the locker I ain't talking shit about and then she's like alright that's it I'm done with this I'm out of here and she leaves thankfully mm. so good when he leaves <laughs> The Rock is in it and we Kevin Kelly how can The Rock bully Kevin Kelly this week 
we find out <laughs> he calls him a hermaphrodite. Basically, like, Rock, are you at all concerned about having to figure it out against both under Triple H and Kurt Angle at SummerSlam? Let Am me I- ask you this, Kevin Kelly. Are you concerned about having two sets of genitals? Well, Rock, I, I don't have... Well, that's just a, as ridiculous a question as actually Rock if he's concerned about defending his style in a triple death match. Yeah, you're like, shut up, Hammy. <laughs> Hermie. <laughs> Hermie, hi, Hermie. Uh, the Rock isn't concerned about SummerSlam. The Rock isn't concerned about tonight. And that leads us into the media event. Well, Undertaker, nice for you to show up for work. We haven't seen you at all during this episode until... Until this point. Yeah. And, you know, this was a point when Undertaker was just looking shit. Yeah, Undertaker looked like he couldn't give a shit, to be honest Yeah, yeah, he did. He really did. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Okay. Plan on selling tonight, Taker? Not really. Gets in the ring with Angle. Boop, 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 boop. Then he's weird noises when he punches. Yeah. Unloads on punches and then Triple H picks up a pin. Gets a... Uh, Throw into the corner. Rock and Taker beat up Triple H for a little bit. Effie then comes down to grab the rock's leg to help uh, the heels get a beat down on the rock. And then Angle accidentally hits uh, wants to uh, take what Angle accidentally hits Triple H with Triple H's like, alright, I forgot I'm out here with like, Stephanie. Fuck you, I'm not helping you, I'm gone. So Stephanie goes running to try and, you know, come make him come back. <laughs> and he's like, nah. And in the meantime I think Angle gets uh, the last ride. The last ride mm-hmm. and yeah. Beat and then the weird thing and it probably is leading up to stuff. Mm-hmm. Stephanie goes running back to the ring uh-huh. and she's all like oh hanging over angle, like, oh no, my friend, my friend, he's hurt. <laughs> to which she gets grabbed mm-hmm. and she's gonna get a smack, to which Triple H comes back and he's like, No, no, I don't hit my bud. And she gets out the ring and then he gets a smack. Oh, he gets a rock bottom and a people's elbow free scribbles. Aye, aye. So Kurt's lying there all fucked up. Triple H is lying there all fucked up. Mm-hmm. Stephanie's all, wah. Yes. Rock and Undertaker stand tall, even though they kind of act like dicks, and Triple H is the only real face, really, in my opinion, in this picture. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an, that's an episode, that's a episode of SmackDown. I mean, as a main event goes, I mean, everything's around Triple H and I go, and it does come up the whole... Expected the dissension to like cost them in the end. Yeah, and it did. But you know, you really didn't really you didn't care that much. I mean, it's great, always great to see the Rock and you know Undertaker was there. You know, but you didn't really care about Taker and Rock being there. Because no, not really. Especially given that. Especially uh, given that, you know, you know Rocky yeah, should be there because of the main event everything, but like. I don't know, Taker barely around this episode, but Taker doesn't know what he's doing. They're trying, they're really rushing around trying to find something for Taker at SummerSlam now the big show's gone. Aye. They'll try to find something for The Undertaker today. The Undertaker at that point really doesn't look like he could be fucked. I mean, it's a good match, the, the main event, Triple Threat, but like, the, mm. the sad thing is, the people when you watch the inevitable video packages, you realise the, the least important person in this whole storyline is The Rock, because he just happens to be there. Yeah. And be the champion. But, you know, like, you're talking about The Rock, he just happens to be there. Taker basically looks like he just came in wearing what he was wearing anyway. You walked out off the street about 10 minutes for what am I, who am I wrestling? Alright, I'll see you there. Alright, I'll see you at Leland. Cool, fine. What is it, last where, ride? Where, right. Where's my chewing tobacco? Aye, aye. Now, finish this up quick, go for a beer. Hmm. Gotta get back on my back. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, for, apart from a few high spots in the thing, I mean, the... 
the Blackman match was cool. Mm-hmm. Watching the King beat the piss out of Taz was cool. <laughs> Watching me crash Holly going, nah, you're not escaping yet. Back <laughs> in. Let the King do you. I'll just stand here and watch my wee 400 pound self. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, I could destroy because I'm 400 pounds, but I'd much rather see the King beat you yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I like the King. He's mm-hmm. beating you. Ha ha ha. Even though he has also helped perpetuate the whole Elroy Jensen thing against me, but I don't hold that against the King. I don't hold that against him because he's beating up my opponent and making the night easy for me. Yes. Because without the help of the King, Taz would probably have killed me. Mm-hmm. Ah, poor little Elroy. Yes. So, well, your overall, your, your final thoughts on the episode, your rating, summarize, and your highlight too for people to go back and watch. Uh, well, overall thoughts on it. Not the best, but not the worst. You know, I've seen worse SmackDown episodes. You know. I mean, if I really wanted to recommend anything strongly in this one I would probably recommend the opening promo package mm-hmm. you know that's probably the most significant thing in the episode is the opening promo package with Mick Foley and you know Kurt and Triple H and Shane and Stephanie and it's weird to say that like on an episode of Smackdown like you're not you're not recommending a match there's not really many matches to recommend mm-hmm. you know there's plenty of moments to recommend, you know, like the opening promo package, the whole shtick wedge and Christian backstage, that's kind of funny. You know, The Rock calling Kevin Kelly a hermaphrodite. What's <laughs> <laughs> you know, a fun wee bits in this episode, and of course the advert for Royal RC Collars, you know. And Stagger too, and all sorts of other weird shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the tobacco is wacko for teens, you know, you can't forget about that one. Mm-hmm. I, I know, it is a weird bit of hypocrisy from the WWF that don't tell people what they can and can't do. But <coughs> sorry, better stick with my foot. I, I will wait. Hey, all right, like, hey, don't tell people PTC and RTC what to do. They can choose what they do, can, can, what they do. Can, they can make their own choices. Also, don't smoke. And buy a sucker to you, fat bastard. And drink RCA's maximum power cola, because it's the go, best cola. And go to WWF New York, I promise, the food's not shit. And buy lugs, their shoes. And buy, or buy only our games, or the games we promote, like Army Men, or whatever the other shit they promote. Yeah, yeah, totally. Don't game. Spend, 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 sell, sell, sell. It's like the messages that fucking, uh, or the paper season it puts the classes on and they live. Yeah, yeah. Watching an episode of SmackDown in this time period is like being in the universe of they live. It's a good movie. It is a great movie, it is. Keith David's in that, he's a very underrated actor like John Copper John Copper directed one of and he gets forgotten about amongst all of John Copper's other great movies. Yeah. But I would I would give this episode I'd give it middling. It wasn't shit. Yeah. Middle and down. Yeah, nothing to say. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing really stood out spectacularly to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you because like in terms but nothing. Nothing overly irritated me. Yeah, no, nothing or irritated or was offensively like bad. I like I can't believe I had to sit through that. I mean, I know. Yeah. I know we had that shit with like the cat and Terry. Like even that was over. That, was enough. O- that didn't last too long. It that didn't was, over, yeah, didn't overstay its thing. So yeah, middling is is fair. We still got two more weeks till the show, so we got time. And the card is already clearly coming together in terms of what's coming. Oh yeah, to yeah. SummerSlam. Definitely. I think it's a, like you said. Any segments that really build on the Kurt or Kurt Triple H story, I would recommend. Or as you said, the C Blackman Albert match. 
good. That's really the only other highlight. So you've already mentioned those, so I can't really make yeah, you yeah, think yeah. of anything else, to be honest with you. I mean, maybe if you want... I mean, the Black Moon Albert match, you could e- you could easily, if you're like us, are a fan and think he was terribly underutilised of Bill Buchanan, you can watch him kick the piss out of Scotty too hot and shit. You know? Or you could watch Edge and Christian the Dudley because if you're a fan of what that leads to, or if you're, yeah, yeah, if, you're if you're a solid. diehard fan of the, the Highlander franchise. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like it because, as you know, I hated that time period for the amount of shitty mm-hmm. finishes. But, you know, up until that point, it was a good uh-huh. match, you know. So that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of games, as I mentioned before, uh, WAF SmackDown, WF WrestleMania 2000 have already come out. Yeah. And I thought they came out after No Mercy, but No Mercy's coming out later on in 2000. Apparently, at this stage, they're already doing like mocap stuff, like mocap and everybody's like signature moves for the game. Yeah. At this point, so WF No Mercy is very close to, to coming out for the N64. Uh, but that's all we are allowed to talk about for this episode of SmackDown. You know, we went on so many tangents. I think we, we really did, but we always do. I think it's the tangents that make the episodes longer than actually discussing the stuff we're talking about. Because mm-hmm. there are things where we talk about something that doesn't really warrant being talked about for like more than two hours. But the fact that the stuff we talk about takes us in so many tangents that talk end up leading to the episode lasting over two hours. Like looking in your in your house final four show the ultimate like the final edit of it after the music and everything. Was fucking an hour long, almost an hour longer than the show itself. Because the show itself was only an hour forty-five. This was clocking just under the two hours forty-five mark. Well, partly because Jay showed us we were in that big discussion about women's wrestling. Yeah, which was a fun discussion, but still. I thought so. I thought so. And also, I'm unless it's a very rare occasion where you need to split up a terms record over a couple of days, I can't be arsed doing two parters that too often. I'm I'm sorry to cut in, but I just I just as we're wrapping up, I just some wrestling related news caught my attention and I thought I should bring it to the ear of her listeners anyway. Mm-hmm. I read the headline mm-hmm. WWE Hall of Famer becomes the newest member of the Church of Scientology. Oh Jesus, who is it now? You may be shocked, you may not be. Depends. WWE Hall of Famer and industry icon Hulk Hogan may be the latest recruit by the Church of Scientology as per recent reports. Hogan's a Scientologist now. I mean, Scientologists spew a lot of bullshit. Hogan's made a living of spewing bullshit, so I'm not really surprised if anything. Actually, it makes as much sense as him joining the NWO. Well, you know, like, you know his whole eat your vitamins, say your prayers, so you, what, pray to the aliens and you'll do well. Like, yeah. well, just to reveal a big, nice, big ceremony by the Church of Scientology, somebody they don't like is lying down. Ah, oh, Hulk Hogan comes in and acting like he's going to sit, sit, fend off the Scientologists, and then hits a light drop like he did at Back to the Beach 2000. You can call this the new Scientology organization, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the colours are, but he just shows up in bandanas and that dressed in the colours yeah. of Scientology. What's he going to do when Scientology comes after you? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Is there no- that means you're going to be friends with Tom. I promise I'm not gay, Cruz. <laughs> you know, was there no episode of uh, South Park where they suddenly, where the Scientologists believe that Stan is like the reincarnation yeah, of Elron Hubbard? Elron Hubbard, yeah. That's when, that's when Tom's trapped in the closet. There's also uh, 
there was a question on Big Fat Quiz one time of like, it was a clip of Elwood Hubbard doing an experiment. Like, what's he doing here? And apparently he had an experiment because he was convinced that tomatoes could feel pain. Jesus. That's, so, that's retarded, that. Psychopath behaviour, that is. Yeah. Yeah, that's all we have to really talk about. I don't want to talk about Scientology anymore. No. <laughs> Make sure to follow us at SPW, follow Rogue Opinions, at Rogue underscore Opinions. There's a feed where we're also on, but you can find Scott and Paul's Ram podcast on this feed and on its own feed. Uh, follow like Scott and Paul's Ram podcast on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Ram podcast. You can get me at Scott McLeod 1996. Uh, me and Paul have all sorts of good wrestling content and that we coming really up very do. soon. We really do. We've got an Impact episode coming up soon. We <laughs> want to, I want to do another Rumble review of a classic Rumble. I've got one in mind. I'll talk to you about it off air. Nice, nice. Uh, I think we should go back to our Vince retrospective very soon I, because I, I think uh, I think we should. I mean, we're not going to talk a lot about the modern stuff because we're going in chronology of his life, but like it just feels like there's not been a, again. I said it before we did our last one. It's even more so now. There's never been a more appropriate time to be doing a retrospective on Vince McMahon. Yeah, and if all these if all these lawsuits come to fruition the way I would like them to do, mm-hmm. we can have a special celebratory Vince is gone show. Do, you know, you like lawsuits, Paul. Because, you know, enjoy part two of fucking the Red Bed because, God, all sorts of losses. Steroids. Sexy perviness. Sexual assault allegations. One of your wrestlers injured me. All sorts of allegations. Yeah. You get an allegation. You get an allegation. (laughs) Everyone gets allegations. There's a documentary on the the fire stick, The Nine Lives of Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah, that's the Vice TV one. I've yet to watch it yet. I'm not used to it. But, like, remember there's only a one hour or so documentary, like... Vice, you did a whole, you did three series of Dark Side of the Ring. Why are you condensing Vince to one episode? You could do a whole series on this bastard. Yeah, you could. You could. When we're doing more installments of a Vince documentary-esque thing than Vice TV, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that means we're better than them. I wouldn't go that far. We are. We're better. We're the best. Meh. 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 That's what I say. Yeah. Also, you check out all the great content that's going on in Broke Opinions, obviously, our stuff with Scott and Paul's and this Smackdown Review. Uh, me and Carl, Podney and Easy, we did our our things that we are looking forward to in 2023 in a pop culture sense. There's a Star Wars related ranking pod with me, Reese, and Carl, and we're going to do some other ranking in terms of fake characters from different franchises. We, yeah. want to do that. we want to turn that into a series. And Nathan's doing some great stuff. Uh, we're, we're hoping to do some stuff, me, Nathan, and Jimmy at some point together. Uh, we, had, we had a few ideas of why I told them and unless we're away getting them done mm. but yeah so much going on make sure I get to follow Rogue Opinions for all that great content keep following up with what we're doing and uh, yeah try to think who we should have our play out that we haven't had eight in ages not Steve Blatt because uh, like so a couple, of, a couple of episodes we've had Steve Blatt's the only notable thing but, like I've already done Steve Blatt's music why did someone else's Steve Blatt play it? So, don't we play because they were more interested in him, in him, than Edge and Christian, we should play Gangrel's music. So the Brits theme, basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should play that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we mentioned that theme, so yeah, we'll play that. All right, then. Or we could play the theme music from Highlander Endgame, but I don't want to. I don't even know if they have a theme song in Highlander Endgame. I don't want to find out. No. But we'll play Gangrel's music, because it's good. Maybe one day we'll talk about Highlander Endgame if we hate ourselves enough. <laughs> That will be, that may end up being one of our punishments. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't I don't like suggesting punishments anymore. For, for, <laughs> because the suge- last few times when we had to do a punishment, we 
Well, at least, at least a couple of them, we suggested them. Yeah. Well, I don't know what was worse for me, the WCW one or the Legends of Wrestling one, because that was horrible. The Heroes of Wrestling was worse than that, but I think... Was on... Heroes of Wrestling? Yes, it was Heroes oh, of Wrestling. I keep like... thinking of the fucking game, don't I? But, yeah, but like, I think when we did that one where we had to do the 10 matches and only talk positively about them, weirdly enough, some of them weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. No. And then, but I think it was just that I got myself so drunk so I could get through it. Afterwards, I suddenly had this wave over me as soon as we finished it where I had to be so positive. I had this wave wash over me. I feel just like, oh, God, it's done. And <laughs> I felt so great. And then I got so drunk that I was, uh, I fit. it was one of those rare cases where I felt the effects of getting that drunk for two days afterwards. So, in terms of recovery after a punishment, the third one is the worst for me. Yeah. I think I think that may be a sign of age, you know, when it takes you more than a couple of days to recover from your hangover. Well, I think it was just that, and then just the year, like, how much I were annoyed, it's just the sheer anger of having to do it in the first place. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm not angry, but it's having to listen to Gang Girls theme song. You hopefully aren't either, so. Until next time, we're hot on the road to SummerSlam 2000. We'll yep. be here with, not the final episode, but the penultimate, penultimate episode before SummerSlam 2000 very soon. So, from Paul, I have been Scott, and we thank you for and listening. From Scott, I have been Paul. And we thank you for listening to Retro Smackdown Review. Goodbye. Cheers.